Hello, everybody, once again. Here's another late episode of Life Lessons. I think I might have recorded this around two months ago. I think I, I was I was listening to our conversation uh, between me and my special guest for the episode, and I think I made a mention of like how I hadn't turned 23 yet, so I definitely recorded this before my birthday. So yeah, this this is about a this recording is probably about a month old at this point. So again, apologies for the late podcast episode. I did say I was going to try to release this episode around mid uh, mid August, and I think I pretty much kept my promise on that. Just in the nick of time, um, I didn't think I was going to have this edited for like another week, but I decided, you know what? It's Friday. I got nothing to do. Uh, Saturday probably by the time you're listening to this. So I just I pretty much spent almost all day just editing this, you know, going uh, pretty much editing this like on and off throughout the day. And here, here we go. So, um, just coming in here and not only to apologize for that, but, uh, uh, we recorded this episode around the time when, uh, news of the, of the live action Gintama movie were just rumors. Um, obviously since we've recorded the podcast, um, it's been confirmed that the Gintama live action movie is a real thing that is going to be happening uh next year in the year 2017 so um i mean i i still think a lot of our discussion of the live action katama movie is pretty valid in this episode just keep in mind that uh while you're listening to this episode that it it has been confirmed that it is not just a rumor anymore movie's actually going to be happening just thought i put that out there um also real quick before we get on to the episode um I was recently on a a special little uh, live stream thing, uh, like literally a day or two ago. At the time I'm releasing this, um, uh, uh, what do you want to call her? I uh, basically I was invited on to a little like live stream discussion thing uh, late the other night uh, by uh, now a very uh, another good YouTuber friend, uh, Jess Reviews, who. Um, just putting it out there, I did record an episode with her already, um, it's not gonna be the next episode, but, uh, I did record an episode with her a little while ago, um, expect that to come out in the next month or two, um, sometime after, like, the next episode or two, but, um, I was invited onto a live stream hosted on her channel, along with, uh, King Recon, uh, Doctor from Just a Kitama Podcast, and Ask Backwards Anime Podcast, and uh, Yorozuya Boss, a recent uh, friend on Twitter. Shout out to her. Um, And uh, we basically talked about, uh, you know, Gintama. I mean, it it was meant to be a discussion of the final arc of Gintama that is now uh, basically running in the manga right now. Um, But it it turned out to be a pretty, pretty general Gintama discussion, though we, we do discuss a lot of current manga stuff from the past year or two so if you're not caught up at all basically if you haven't read anything past like chapter 500 you might not want to like actually watch it um and yes i know i said it was a live stream but uh the thing about you know doing live streams through google hangouts on youtube is that you know because they air on youtube youtube archives them so you know, if you wanna, uh, if you if you still wanna like, you know, watch the live stream, uh, it should be archived on Jess Reviews channel. Um, I'll leave a link to that in the show notes for anyone who wants to watch that. I had a very fun time doing that. Um, 
and I had a I had a fun time talking with all you guys if you guys are listening. So um so yeah so 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 um uh so just you know if you wanna if you wanna watch that or listen to it you know I'll leave a link in the description. Uh, go watch that. It was pretty fun. Again, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have just reviews on the show, or I guess I I already recorded an episode with her that will be released in the future. Um, but uh, anyway, so with all that out of the way, please enjoy the special episode of Life Lessons with my very special guest, who you will hear in just a second. This is Life Lessons, the Gintama Manga Cast, episode 48. We are a podcast dedicated to not only talking about Gintama, but uh, we like to talk about Gintama, the manga in particular, through the old Viz Media release that was canceled back in 2011. Uh, we kind of started doing this from uh, from the very first chapter, and uh, look at where we are now. We're going to be covering uh, chapter 70 on this episode. But uh, but, but before we get on to um, you know, what we're going to be doing with the show... Or on the show, I guess. Uh, I did tease last time that uh, I was going to have a pretty cool guest on the show this episode. Um, I don't know what that voice was. So, uh, please welcome uh, Mr. Translator Guy. Yes, I got a translator on the show. I got somebody who kind of sort of knows Japanese, or at least better than I do. Mr. Uh, BDR himself, Bobber D. Rufy. Hello. Hey, your your voice sounds a lot hotter than than expected. Can I just say? Uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my my teachers in school often said I had like a bedroom voice, which I don't know if they were hitting on me or complimenting me. <laughs> so that got really awkward because they were male teachers. I was never female teachers. <laughs> never. <sighs> uh, that's was your high school life just some kind of sitcom? It's always the male teachers, never the female teachers. This fall on CBS. <laughs> yeah that was me i was that was me right there i was always like why can't i get like one of the hot librarians to say this i know right <laughs> it, i don't know but yeah i have uh, a parent bedroom voice i guess well that that's good that's that's great for podcasting but um anyway i, I mentioned earlier p- people might know you uh from around the internet uh i hear you like to translate things yeah, I kind of do. I mean, I might have been aware of this manga named Gintama. Yeah. And that was one of the things I do, or is. And then I work on other things that nobody knows anything about <laughs> because they're not Gintama. So basically, you could categorize it as Gintama and not Gintama things. So that's the thing I do. Well, okay. okay. Well, I, I guess I guess we can just kind of you know just forget about that because obviously nobody cares about that. So exactly. uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I got BDR on as a guest, and uh, I'm gonna have him uh, help me uh, run the show today. I thought people might enjoy that. Um, on this episode of the podcast, though, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we're gonna be covering Chapter Seventy of the manga. Life without gambling is like sushi without wasabi. And uh, we're going to be talking about that in the Life Lessons segment, obviously. Kind of see if we can dissect that a little bit. Uh, And then we are going to talk about episode 49 of the anime. 
during our uh, anime manga comparison segment. And that's going to be about it. It's going to be a pretty normal show. I don't think it's going to be as long as last episode. Uh, as much as I liked having Josh and Nada on, every time I have Josh on, I, I don't keep a lot of it in. But uh, Josh and I kind of fuck around too much while we record. And we keep like to make st- uh, we 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 make too many like stupid in jokes that I don't usually keep in the recording because nobody but Josh is going to find them funny. I'm sorry, Josh, if you're listening to this. Um, but anyway, so before we get on to the show, um, I, I want to talk with you about something. Uh, I'm I'm just, I'm just gonna call you B for short. Is that cool? Because it takes too long. It takes too long saying Bomber D Rufy, but it takes too long saying BDR. So I just I just want to call you B. Sure, B's fine. That literally t- that literally takes like half a second. Yo, B. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> and I, I, I'm I'm all about uh uh what's the word I'm looking for? Not brevity. Etiquette. Sure, brevity. I was looking for another word. Efficiency. That's what I was looking for. There we go. <laughs> Putting my English major to good use. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so uh, there's been a lot of um, been a lot of rumors lately about um, it's like um, for for those of you who don't know, I uh, I also do another podcast called uh, Maga Mavericks with uh, past guest uh, Sid uh, every other week on AllComic.com, and on that particular podcast, it seems like we just can't get away from like. Uh, live action adaptations of different manga. I mean, we we got the Full Metal Alchemist live action movie coming up, which I'm actually kind of excited for that. Um, and then we got rumors for stuff like apparently there are rumors of stuff like a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure live action movie, particularly of Stardust Crusaders. Um, but now it looks like there are a bunch of rumors going around that Gintama's getting a live action movie. And a lot of people have been quick to point out that uh, well, we already got one back in like episode 100 and something. You remember that, B? Yes, the mannequins. I I kind of hope the movie is just all that. That would be great. They they could probably pull it off. I mean, CG is really good nowadays. And the mannequins <laughs> look really attractive, so I I could, I could get behind that. Plus, I mean, it seems like a lot of people are really just like we want um, Sugita to voice it, and he can voice a mannequin. I, I believe in him. Hey, he's, <laughs> he's he's done it before. But yeah, the weird thing about that is like. Weekly Sh- um, Shuisha and Weekly Shonen Jump haven't actually confirmed it. <laughs> yeah, it actually, the source was a Yahoo Japan article. Yeah, that's right. Like, oh, I think some some official source, quote unquote, tipped Yahoo or something, wasn't it? I think that might have been the story. Yeah, that it, it sounds like a, somebody close to somebody who's filming is said that we're doing this thing, we're shooting for twenty eighteen, and. Yeah, nobody in nobody official official has said, yeah, this is really a thing. What's funny is there Shuisha has confirmed that there's gonna be a live action Tokyo Ghoul movie. So Oh, okay. That's that's interesting. I didn't know about that. That that yeah, it was a it was the wraparound jacket, I guess, of the newest volume that was that they confirmed that there are that is going to be a thing for sure. For now, Jojo and Gintama seem to be just rumors. Hmm. Uh, it's it's funny you bring up Tokyo Ghoul because uh, that's that's a particular title that on Manga Mavericks me and Sid just cannot stop talking about because it it consistently does well especially over here. Yeah, I, I feel like Tokyo Ghoul kind of represent. It's one of those crossover hits because I guess I don't know. It's got this thing where because over I find it here in America we like the darker stuff more yeah. so than Japan does, uh, and it has that it has a lot of that. But I find that, like, with Tokyo Ghoul, with the, with 
I, I guess the symbolism and everything in the manga too that's really subtle. I guess people feel really good reading it and saying, Oh look, I just realized a thing that Ishida Sui might be implying. <laughs> and, look at look, I'm reading this comic, it makes me feel smarter. Exactly. That's what that's what it does a lot of. But in Tokyo Ghoul's case, it's actually a good manga too. Because <laughs> you get okay. those where it's like, Oh, I feel smarter reading this, but it's actually not very good. But Tokyo Ghoul is actually good, and it makes you feel smart. So there you go. So oh, that's that's interesting. I I actually um uh I don't know how many of our listeners also listen to Manga Mavericks, but I I did say I was going to read the first volume of Tokyo Ghoul, and finally maybe kind of you know give it a little taste because we we end up talking about it so much in our news, and we can't get away from it so much that I'm just like I just, I'm I guess I'll bite the bullet and buy the first volume or something and try it. Sure. Uh, might as well be like the cool kids and keep up with you know newer manga sure i mean i don't know i i i mean if hey if you say it's good i i trust you i enjoyed it i mean i did enjoy the anime at all but the manga's good yeah i yeah, i hear the anime is a train wreck in some aspects yeah it's studio parrot that's kind of their i get um i don't know <laughs> the word i'm looking for here but when i see something's being adapted by then i stay away from it mm. Well, I mean, they, they, well, I mean, it wasn't an adaptation, but they did do a good job on um, Osamatsu. That's true. But I feel like that was more Fujita than it was them. That That's also true, yeah. Because, I mean, also one of the writers, I forgot his name off the top of my head, Harada, I think. He was one of the writers of the last season of Gintama, too. Oh, okay, cool. So, he, they, and they got a lot of Gintama people on there. In fact, I mean, Otose and Obero played the parents. Oh, the, oh, the the father was Obero, huh? Yeah, I didn't know that. Hmm. So, like, they got a lot of Gintama. I mean, a few Gintama animators are on it too. So, it's got Perot's name on it, but it's basically you could say it's a Fujita work. Hmm. Okay, I I I did not know that. That's really interesting. I I, I mean, it makes sense because Osam- Osamatsu is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, actually I'm watching that. I'm on. Uh, I actually have my notepad here with what episode I'm on. I'm on episode eighteen. You're you're getting close to finishing it, then. Yeah, it's just I've been watching it with friends, and that's the funny thing about watching things with friends on the internet is it's not easy. <laughs> it, yeah, because especially if you're like, I'm assuming you probably do that kind of thing over Skype. Uh, actually, no. I actually just kind of type out what what's going on, and that's what makes it really difficult. <laughs> oh, that's kind of interesting. I mean, I kind of live. I mean, there's a thing called Plurk, and I, I guess you could say it's Twitter, but with a better word limit. And hmm. so I usually, I'm usually haunting there. So I see, I see. And I just, I have a bunch of friends there that are like really into Osomatsu. So I finally decided to watch it. And I mean, I could just watch it on my own, and then I'd probably be finished already. But I like seeing their reactions to my reactions. So. And then they usually ask me questions. I understand, like, the credits and stuff. They usually ask me questions about, you know, what does that mean? Who did this? And all of that stuff. Yeah, the, the, see, I'm I'm glad I started talking to you. Now I, now I can ask you about that kind of stuff, too, because I, I have no idea. But when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but um, anyway, so I don't know, like, I really can't imagine how they would handle a Gintama live action movie, though. Like, I, I really can't. I... I would hope that, like, they get to whoever, assuming this this ends up being a real thing, obviously, because this isn't, like, confirmed anywhere, at least not at the time of this recording, but I hoping, I'm hoping whoever is in charge of this gets to have fun with it. I feel like, 
I don't know. Like the article I read sounded like it was all but confirmed, but mm. then there are a couple other sources who were saying, "Yeah, no, it's not." <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's weird. And then you know, with Japanese media articles in general, it's not like here where you can, you know, people are always digging up shit on each other. In Japan, they're really kind of like, yeah, if it's a secret, we're going to not have. I mean, their Wikipedia articles don't have pictures because they're just so respectful about that. <laughs> don't. So um, it's really difficult to get a handle on what's true and what isn't. But I kind of feel like if they were to do it, they, they'd probably do more stuff like, you know, Shiro Yasha stuff. Like mm, more probably. likely than trying to do the gag or the comedy stuff, I feel like that it would probably end up being like a Shiro Yasha movie because people can't get enough of, you know, Joy Boys. Yeah. I feel like that's what they'll end up doing if they do it. I don't know. Like, you know, if, if this ends up being a real thing and if this ends up happening, I really, I really want there to be a punchline at the end where, where the animated um, Yorozuya Odd Jobs trio come out of nowhere and be like, "Well, that was a shitty movie. Why we why we spend money on this?" And, the, uh, and I bet the manga's going to be over by then too. So it's going to be like, "A manga's over. I don't know why we made this." Yeah, exactly. I I just feel like I mean, I could see that just totally happening. Where it's like at the end, it's like a long dream sequence by animated again. Tokyo. I was like, I look kind of hot in that movie though. I really want that. If that doesn't happen, then then this movie is going to be a total total waste of time i'm calling yeah, it <laughs> I, I i don't know i'm just I, I i guess until it's confirmed i'm trying not to really have any feelings on it because it's like i don't want to get upset and be like no because like there are quite a few of the japanese fans i guess one of the nice things to be able to read the article in the comments is a lot of them are like no please god no that's yeah. what their reaction is generally <laughs> that, that that seems to be some of the um uh western reaction here too i'm sure you saw my tweet a little while ago i think you yeah you saw that yeah. Yeah. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I remember. I just, you can hear it disgusting as they type it. <laughs> it's like, hey, I mean, I don't I don't like live action adaptations of anime and manga, but like I'd I'd actually like I feel like me being as big of a fan of Gintama as I am, I'd I feel like I I'm like obligated to see this. Yeah. And I feel like that's what they're going for, really, is just, like, people who are just diehard Gintama fans and will, and it, as much as they bitch and moan about it, will probably go see it. Yeah, we're, we'll go see it anyway. And even if it's garbage, then they'll just be like, well, I saw the thing. So, <laughs> I, well, that's if it's a confirm. I mean, honestly, I'd really like them to just do, to finish the anime, because, like, TV Tokyo even said it recently that Gintama's one of their big breadwinners, so... Yeah, so 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 uh, so obviously there's no way they're gonna animate the rest of the manga when it's finished, right? <laughs> I mean, <they're, laughs> hey, it's 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 up in the air. Like, if it were still Sunrise, I'd say maybe not because Sunrise is just a company that just does whatever it wants. They have they have so much Gundam money that they can just be like, hey, you want to draw? You want to put a TV show on? Yeah, sure. Uh, what do you want it to be about? Mm, Salaryman superheroes. All right, yeah, let's do it. Hey, I, just, hey I'd watch it. I mean, that's how Tiger and Bunny happened. Like, it wasn't a thing that, it was literally just a thing Sunrise is like, oh, well, you know, we got time and money, why not do this thing? And they didn't expect it to blow up like it did, and it did, so it was just like, oh, okay, because at this point, they've just got, like I said, they got so much Gundam money that they don't care. <laughs> they can just do whatever they want for the rest of their lives, and they would be financially set. But since Gintama's being handled by BNP Pictures, which... 
I found out recently that Sunrise and BNP, I thought they were the same thing, but apparently they're not. See what so. see what I thought I heard was that um BNP was like a was like a like a subsidiary subsidiary, if that's a word, um, of Sunrise. Like I, I thought I heard somewhere that they were basically um they were basically formed to like animate their kids shows or something. That's what I thought I heard. I feel like that's because at first I thought they were just Sunrise under a different name, but then when I actually went to Sunrise's site for whatever reason, and when I was in Japan, they actually had an hour block of exactly kid show. It was Gintama and then a, one of the collectible card battle thingies that like came on back to back. And although they didn't outright advertise it as BNP Hour, that's what it was. It was just an hour of BNP programming and you oh, know that's interesting so i first so when i went to sunrise site and i saw they're still using sunrise for certain projects it's like okay so i thought that sunrise was done for but i guess that's it that it is just they're animating their kids stuff using bnp and then gundams and other things are still sunrise so hmm. what made that more confusing is that the gintama staff basically was the same other than like the director changing but other than that like everybody else pretty much returned huh that is that's really interesting that that really confused me for a while while i was watching the newer season yeah i wasn't exactly sure about all that but yeah hey i mean what do you i mean i don't know i i feel like as far as the anime is concerned i feel like i feel like there's no way they're just gonna you know let the anime uh end on the cliffhanger that they ended on i won't say what but yeah yeah, exactly. there's no way. There's no way they're not going to finish the manga when it's um when it's over. Yeah, but when, yeah, when they've got more breathing room for that. I I mean, I know the sentiment around the internet, which which is what made me almost leave the Gintama fandom. <laughs> but the sentiment around the internet was like, you know, oh, they rushed into this arc and they did this and they did that and they shouldn't have. I mean, I feel like. The great thing about the the current stuff, the current manga stuff, which I'll try not to spoil, but. <laughs> is that it, it's kind of a double-edged sword where it brought in a bunch of new fans because people like the whole action-y aspect of it now yeah. uh, compared to the comedy stuff. Because a little bit of a translator background on this thing, for a while, Gintama was just like, basically it was the first like 20 chapters and Viz picked it up. Then for a while, there were no... It was like the first 20, Benny Sakura, Kyubei, Ito... And then all the chapters in between those were kind of like skipped. I'm sure. <laughs> so that's how it was for like a long, long, long time. And then when I came in the came in the picture, I want to say because I actually didn't like Gintama at first. Basically, I got into the series when I heard it was going to be animated throughout um, through I guess Anime News Network or whatever. And so I went to read the manga raw, and that was back when my Japanese wasn't really good, so it was just laws of text. <laughs> So I was like, I don't see what's so good about this. <laughs> so, so I went back and read the scanlation. I ended up liking Sorachi more than I liked his work, which I think one Japanese fan actually said that to him. Or no, they said the opposite. I don't like you, Sorachi, but I like Gintama. <laughs> <laughs> I like Sorachi. He's such a rude-ass guy, and it's really funny. <laughs> I mean, the I, it's really a shame Viz stopped, because some of the... I we do the current stuff, but we don't do like the letters from the fans. And some of them are really good, thing, really funny, and sometimes and lately, Sorachi's been doing a thing where he reveals a lot through letters with fans, and not so much in the manga, I guess, because he doesn't have enough time to reveal what he liked without completely destroying the pacing. Yeah, exactly. So 
he was like i mean i remember one letter was like it was from a couple i guess and like Surat, like the the girl was basically complaining about how her how her guy farts in front of her and everything and told sorachi to do something about it and then the dude was like i got my girlfriend the gintama and now she picks her nose it's really unsightly and sorachi's like the two of you should just talk to each other directly (laughs) 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 that's pretty good and then it was like another one was some 22 year old girl who's never seen a dick was like i've been exposed to so many through your manga what do you plan to do about this <laughs> and then sorachi's all like you know i didn't tell you to read it but thank you <laughs> so it, it's it's really it's the letter he himself got me into his series which is like normally you'll be like oh i read one piece and then i read about oda and i love oda and i love his work and i love him but i was like i like sorachi before i like gintama it wasn't until the anime got to like episode i want to say it was a memory loss arc that's when i actually kind of was like okay I, I think i like this now and then that's when i went back and i looked and i looked to see what the because i've been learning japanese in school a little bit and and like any true shonen hero i thought i could handle anything <laughs> <laughs> so i went back and looked at what arcs hadn't been done and i chose the umibozu arc the one where you came to um take kagura home yeah uh, yeah that was that was a mistake <laughs> it it was it took me six hours to do one chapter because what i had to do was like type out the entire script and then like use babelfish for, for things i didn't understand wow but it was really nice because like the gintama fandom they were really really supportive it, you know they saw me trying to trying to translate it and some people who had a little bit of time were like, okay, this is what I would do in this situation. Oh, no, that Kaliki is that um phrase, turn of phrase, actually is means this. You know, this is what Sorachi was intending. And a lot of them were really supportive. So I got to Umipozu Arc thanks to their help. And then I was like, I'll never do this again. <laughs> <laughs> but then way, way later, uh, okay, I don't want to spoil, but way, way later about one chapter one night. 100 it was like close to 200 or so then i started just kind of doing it weekly and then from there here i am (laughs) oh wow so yeah obviously you've been translating uh you've been kind of translating the series for for a while now seems like i want to say since 08 09 oh wow yeah that's it's eight years well no no not eight no yeah it is it is eight Holy crap, they hear the number, actual number makes me kind of like, I have mixed emotions here. Yeah, you're just, you're just like, what have I been doing with my life? Yeah, it's like, I don't know, I remember that first chapter, that first chapter, I was just like, I got through it okay. I was like, okay, I guess I could keep doing this. Uh, it was so, it, it got, it, it got to be trials and tribulations with it because I was in college at the time. Oh, of course. So I was working and translating in my free time and then, like, that was back when getting like the raws for the mog were really difficult. And then when you got them, they were basically poop stains. <laughs> so being <laughs> able to read them was really difficult. And then even then I was telling people, I still buy the Viz, you know, releases. And I was, I bought, I actually have all of the Viz releases, even though I was translating it. I always would tell people, Hey, you know, I actually took a picture of all my Viz releases. I'd be like, if I can buy it, then you can too. <laughs> of course, of course. So, um, but anyway, yeah, speaking of the Viz release, um, I, I I think we're ready to go on to the manga. How, how, how's that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. All right, cool. Mm. 
This is the manga recap for Chapter 70. Life without gambling is like sushi without wasabi. God, I hate wasabi. So, um, we start off here on the first page with a shot of a uh, very uh, Yakuza-like woman. Um, I don't know how to explain this game. This, this is a game I see a lot of, like... I see in a lot of samurai movies the uh, the kind of odds and evens game. Basically, what you do is like you'll have uh, you'll have the game master. I don't know if that's what they're actually called, but I'm going to call them that. Uh, Captain N, the game master. See, I, I know what old shows are. Um, that was a stupid reference. So <laughs> cut, <laughs> cut that out. Except I actually won't. But no, essentially the game master will. Uh, you'll have two die. You'll have two dice. You'll uh, throw them in the cup. And uh, basically, the game asker will ask if the numbers, if, if the die will come up an odd or an even number, and you basically gamble based on that. I'm sure, I'm sure people are familiar with this if you like watch a lot of, especially a lot of like samurai movies and whatnot. Um, but we basically have Gin and Hasegawa playing this particular game. Everybody's calling for Han, which means uh, even, but uh, Gin and Hasegawa call for Cho, which means uh, odd as the editor's note is so nice enough to let me know. Um, before we see the see, see the hilarious results of that, uh, we get the title page. Uh, pretty cool title page of uh, Gin and Hasegawa looking cool, which is, uh, I'm, well, I was, I was going to say something that, uh, that they don't usually do, that they don't usually look cool, but no, nah, they have their moments. More so Gin than Hasegawa, but that's, that's beside the point. They're just, they're just sitting at a, sitting at a table with a bunch of like uh, cards and chips and a roulette table and it looks pretty cool i don't know what do you think b it's funny because sorachi had this kind of like it's not so much now but gintoki always had this kind of like look like spike spiegel and he looks in his suit he really looks like him here he really does and and it's also funny because uh sunrise is also responsible for a uh, cowboy bebop and spike spiegel voices gin's teacher <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> so it's kind of like I I kind of have always thought that Gintama's like what Bebop would be if it were about samurai. <laughs> yeah, I mean there there are a lot of similarities between the two series. But uh anyway, yeah, so that's a cool title page. We go on to the next page here of the chapter and uh we see that uh Gin and Hasegawa have lost their clothes. Obviously that uh, that game did not go well and they lost their bet. Um, so they're just kind of walking around in the casino um, in their boxers. And Gin is just kind of like, man, I'm glad it's not winter. Otherwise, we'd be freezing. Otherwise, it'd be really cold. And, you know, they just kind of keep going back and forth. Um, and uh, Gin, uh, Gin exclaims, oh, we, we sure are lucky. And I'm assuming that's supposed to be a pretty sarcastic remark because obviously her, they lost their bet. Um, and um, Hasegawa says that uh, oh it looks like the goddess of poverty is looking uh over on us especially she, she seems to favors us you know because you know we just have all the luck and hasegawa just keeps going oh well come to think of it you know my my left shoulder's been feeling kind of heavy lately for 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 no reason it's like it's like a guardian angel sitting uh, sitting right there you know or or maybe it could be an evil spirit i don't know it feels like something's sitting there and um Ken just replies oh hey you worry too much man uh, you know uh, if you go around, uh, you know, with that frown on your face all the time, you know, luck's gonna run away from you. So, uh, you know, now, now take me for example. Uh, lately, I keep seeing this tall guy with a sickle hanging around me, uh, hanging around my vision, and uh, 
And but but I but I decided not to let it bother me. And Hasegawa's like, um, you should be bothered by that. Like that's that's kind of scary. I'd be really scared. But Gin just kind of looks over at Hasegawa, uh, and is like, hey, well, um, hey, look look what's behind you. And we see a see a hooded figure right behind Hasegawa. And then uh, what happens on the next page? And then we get Con- we get Kanbei. This is really interesting because he like tosses their clothes at them and is like, "Are you guys? You guys call yourself gamblers? What? What? Are you, what, were, what was that?" And then you know he gives them back their clothes and he's like, "You think you can just?" One thing I love is Sorachi's use of the metaphor. He's like, "You think you can just take Lady Luck, have a one night stand, and abandon her? Nah, you gotta make her love you." <laughs> and then we go on to the next page and Kanbei's having a great night. <laughs> great, you know, everybody's like, "This guy keeps winning. Who is he?" And then it's Kanbei the luck reader. Some of the, so he has a bit of a reputation. People in the audience seem to know who he is. You know, they, somebody asks what luck reader is. And then we get the whole spiel about, you know, he's a unbeatable a legend among gamblers. They say he can read how his luck is going to run. No matter how bad the odds are, he can change how it goes for him. And then it, apparently he left that out for some reason. Huh. So, and people are just really amazed that they get a scene with his own, their own eyes. Hmm, that's that's all really interesting. Um, we didn't talk about it, but uh, Kanbei uh looks pretty badass. Just just gotta say he does. Got, he 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 looks like the ultimate silver fox. <laughs> he does. It, it, he looks actually, yeah. He looks like he should be a captain for like the Harusame Pirates or something. Yeah, no, he really does look like he should be a bad guy. We should be rooting against him instead of for him here, but but obviously we can tell he's a he's a seasoned gambler. But uh, anyway, so on the next page, um, after we get that explanation of who Kanbei is and what his deal is, um, Hasegawa just kind of comments, "Oh, why would Lady Luck help help a help help a help a guy like that, but not me? I mean, I, I've been I've been working my butt off to get her to love me, and and just look at that, she's not even paying attention to me." And Gin uh, Gin says, "Oh, maybe maybe she's not into married guys," which. Hasegawa, uh, Hasegawa corrects him and says, uh, "Well, hey, my lu- my wife left me, and you know she still hasn't come back. So Lady Luck ought to be just, you know, uh, f- uh, you know she she ought to have a one night stand with me, you know." And Gin's um, like, "Oh, who knows what chicks are into, you know? Uh, hey, m- maybe maybe La- Lady Luck likes wild men, you know? We 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 just got to be more wild." Um, so <laughs> they they go back to the uh, odds and evens game here. And uh, they try again, except this time they are they are dressed Hasegawa in an afro and uh, <laughs> and chest hair and Gin looking like something out of um I don't even know what like something he looks like an eighteen reject. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got like the full beard, cigar, and uh, eye patch. He looks like he's gonna pity some fool. He really does. <laughs> but uh, obviously, in the next panel, we we see how well that goes. Where you know they basically lost all their clothes again, and Hasegawa just throws his wig on the ground, like, "Damn it, not again!" And essentially, Gin's like, well, uh, "What was that? We 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 got we have to be more wild." Hasegawa, take off your underwear. Uh, and Hasegawa's like, "Hey, man, look." There's wild, and then there's ugly, uh, which means you don't want to see Hasika without his pants on. Um, that's that's what Kondo's for. Um, <laughs> I actually love how Viz handled that translation. I really do. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I think I remember there being a somewhat different um, variation of the line in the in the Crunchyroll subs. Um, I forget what it was, but yeah, it was something like. 
Hasegawa's like, hey, I don't mind, but dude, that's a little... I'm not that wild. <laughs> Somebody said something like, uh, I'm more mild than wild or something. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. But anyway, Kanbei is just like, what are you guys doing? Like, you should... You, you've got no business pretending that you know, you know how to gamble, and, and you know, after after I went through the trouble of getting your clothes back, like, you guys are morons, and um, Hasegawa was like, hey man, I, I didn't ask you, I didn't ask you for any favors, that was your choice, but again, just goes on, a, hey, wait, maybe maybe that's what Lady Luck goes for, uh, you know, the, the guy who's shallow, but is secretly generous, gosh, if there's anything we could do for you, please just ask, and Kanbei's just like, hey, man, don't be so transparent, that's, 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 that's not cool, um, <laughs> But then um, Kanbei goes on to kind of kind of explain uh, that there are two kinds of people who gamble in this world. The, the first kind is the kind that loves to roll the dice. And the second uh, would be uh, the people who love the image of themselves uh, as a dice roller. Basically, people who like the idea of like looking cool while they gamble, essentially. But uh, those kind of people... You know, they make crazy bets and then they get caught up in their own uh, in their own euphoria and they end up losing all their money and all that stuff. You know, the more skilled a gambler is, the less extravagant the bets you make. So, you know, y y you're not going to go for a bet unless you know you can win. And uh, obviously, uh, Gin and Hasegawa are uh, are number two in that sense. So uh, Kanbei's just like, hey, you know, take my advice and just get out of here. And... Uh, <laughs> Hasegawa, um, while they're just kind of drinking at the bar, um, Hasegawa's like, we're not number two, we're, uh, we're number three. And Kanbei's just like, hey, no, you are not listening to me. There is no number three. I did not say that. And um, Hasegawa replies, yeah, there is. You know, the, uh, the, the, the uh, three is the kind of people who just really need money. And Kanbei's like, then why don't you just get a job? <laughs> like, that, that, that'd be the correct uh action or whatnot and um gin's just like do you have any idea how boring it is to work like that's no fun and um was just like no that that's that's not even right life is like a gamble everyone's a gambler man and and gin's just like you know what shut up stop stop getting all deep on me hasagawa you're not cool um <laughs> but uh kanbei gets up and starts to leave but not before he's like hey look you know, uh, to a gambler, a casino is a shrine. So seeing you here in your underwear makes me just makes me want to throw up. So get out of here before you start peeing at the doorway or something. And Gin's just like, okay, asshole. Fuck you too, I guess. But uh, Hasegawa notices a deck of cards on the table. And um, well, that's kind of strange. But anyway, what happens on the next page? The next page, we see Kanbei and suddenly he's not looking so badass in his undies. Yeah, I, I I love I love the first panel here on this page where he where he looks cool, and then the next panel is like, oh, I don't have my clothes. <laughs> Sorachi's got that great comedic timing going on. It's great, and yeah, he's like, you know, Kanbei's like, what 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 just happened? This wasn't how my evening was supposed to go. <laughs> and then some guy actually repeats his line about it being a shrine, and then go put on some clothes. And I love that too, <laughs> that we get that repeat. You know, they use his words against him. That's pretty. That's pretty good. <laughs> and then Gintoki's like, "Huh, trick deck." And we see the guys have appeared, and they've got Kanbei's deck, and he's obviously been stock stacking the cards in his favor, literally. <laughs> so, and then yeah, he's been cheating, and you know, the Gintoki and Hasegawa are like, "We can't believe that you've been talking all that bullshit when you're actually a cheater." <laughs> 
And Kanbei's like, huh, like I said, I I only take bets I can win. <laughs> <laughs> and he's seen her in his underwear still looking sort of badass. <laughs> and then Gitoki's like, quit acting like you're you're big shit, man. You're hey, not. I mean like it, like th- there are only two people in in the entirety of Gintama that look bad as in a loincloth, and that's Kanbei and Saigo. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then he was like, "Yeah," and basically Kanbei is not like a graceful loser at all. He's blaming them as you. I was doing great until you guys showed up. <laughs> and then you had to bring that gods of bad luck with you. And then Hasegawa was like. Hasegawa's like, well, uh, yeah, that's your that sounds like a personal problem. But what you could do is you could teach us how to cheat, <laughs> and we won't tell anybody. And well, their their conversation was overheard by the very friendly staff of Amato that are in the casino, and they very nicely asked for them to follow them. Yes, very nicely. You know, they very very they're very courteous, and the guys were like, well, looks like goddess of unluckiness is still very much hanging out with them it really kills me how sirachi saves a lot of his like actual really cool amanto designs for the bad guys and he doesn't he doesn't use them as much as he could but then again i i don't know i feel like with sirachi though especially later on it's like the amanto were means to an end they were like a thing to use to introduce the story and once the story was underway, you just kind of said eh, i don't really need you guys anymore thanks <laughs> for showing up <laughs> i mean that's fair yeah so that that's kind of a Shonen Jump staple. You introduce one thing on chapter one, and then 300 chapters later, it's like, what was that again? <laughs> oh, right. That's why I started this. Okay. And, and and then next thing you know, you have lunch at a bar, and she's just like, where where did my life go wrong? I thought I was a cool character. <laughs> exactly. Oh, to be fair, with just the whole nature of weekly mangas, like, you never know you're a hit until you're like, a year into your serialization, and you've got like shit. I gotta think of an actual plot now. Can't keep doing monster every week. <laughs> Though, so. see, it's funny you say that because I remember reading an article by um, I've mentioned on the podcast before. I've I've read an I read an article by uh, excuse me by um, by Tony Yao. I don't know if you I don't know if you read any uh, articles on uh, manga therapy at all, but um, I actually do. Okay did did, did you ever read the article about um, it was. It was. It wasn't even like a year into uh, life lessons when he wrote an article about. Uh, I think it was chapter eleven, when um, when we meet the that dying old guy who never got a name, by the way. So me and my friends on the podcast uh, decided to name him Lucky because we thought it was ironic because he ends up dying at the end. Um, so, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> uh, you know the the old guy who was like, "Oh hey, I like this one girl," and she ended up being Otose. Yes, yes, I remember this. And I, I remember him, uh, I remember Tony writing an article about how, like, apparently that was around the time when, I guess, Gintama's popularity was starting to kind of grow, I guess. I don't remember him having any, like, you know, any, like, uh, you know, TOCs or any, any like, actual data to back that up. But, like, I don't know, I, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I also thought it was interesting because he, like, he, he also, like, linked our episode of the podcast on that, too. Which I don't know if he like listened to it or not, but uh, we were all really tired on that episode. So I, I hope too many people weren't disappointed by that. Um, <laughs> but no, I just I just thought that was kind of I, I brought that up because you say, oh yeah, well, while it's true, yeah, you don't. Most authors don't really know how popular they are until like a year into their serialization. Because I mean, 
a lot like especially nowadays a lot of newer series in jump i've seen i've seen get canceled around like chapter 18 maybe even like earlier than that it's 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 a rough world there in the world of manga especially in jump yeah and jump is like the fox that's what i usually tell like my friends they're like the fox channel of of because they'll just cancel shit yeah, the 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 author of Bobo Bo. Let me the guy that did Bobo Bo, who had a successful series. He came out with a second one. It was canceled in eight chapters. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, and speaking, I mean, just kind of going back to what you were saying about the Gintama, like Sorachi admitted it, and you probably might have mentioned it. And I, I'm sorry if I'm retreading old information, but Sorachi actually sort of said that he was writing the coattails of a drama running at the time yeah that's right he started gintama and then the drama ended so he even kind of joked that well i expect the manga to pretty much kind of like tank now so he had to actually start coming up with his own plot because he was kind of just aping that for a bit yeah and gintama was like doing really badly i remember reading some interview where like his editors are already patting him on the back and saying hey you can always serialize something else (laughs) (laughs) so and then i guess i don't know when exactly myself i know there's probably good websites that could tell the actual toc because i remember i did read one that early on gintama was at the bottom quite a bit yeah. So, and then at some point, I guess around chapter eh, yeah, 20, around chapter like 50 or so, it actually, it kind of rebounded and it just sort of clung to life until it got an anime. Because what's funny about Gintama is a, it's a rare, it's a rare occasion that like the anime actually becomes more popular than the manga. I'm not sure what it is about Gintama that that happened to, because I've gone to several cons and been like, hey, I'm BDR. I translated Gintama manga. My favorite response was one con. They're like, "There's a manga." Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> usually the response, and that's kind of fifty percent of the reason why I started the show in the first place. Because everybody just kind of is just familiar with the anime, and nobody was nobody was really talking about the manga too much at the time. I mean, other than Doctor and Foxy on just a Gintama podcast, like that was kind of weird because they actually started covering current material right as I was about to cover older material, but um. Yeah, there, there really there weren't a lot of people talking about it, so I was like, I want to start my own show talking about it, because I didn't think enough people talked about it. Yeah, which is great, which is really good, because, like, I mean, it's 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 frustrating in one sense, because it's like, okay, I mean, yeah, I get people who say, thanks for doing this all the time, but it's, but it's frustrating on the point that, like, okay, everybody's just really, I've actually met people who were like, because remember, they had the anime, and the anime went on break for well, two years before the most recent one came on. Yeah. And there were actually people who sat there and were like, we're not going to, I'm just going to forget about Gintama until they bring the anime back. When <sighs> at that point they were like, we're the, it, the animators were saying, oh, well, we're probably, the movie's it. We're not going to do anymore. Uh, hey, I used to be one of those people who were like, no, I like the anime. I don't want to read the manga. But I, I eventually gave up because I spoiled myself on on stuff like the Shogun assassination arc every week, and I already knew a lot of what happened, so I was like, I'm just gonna read from here, who cares at this point? Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, but anyway, we should probably finish off the page. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we we leave off with the guys, they've been tied up, and they're in... Well, they're being held somewhere, the Edo Vegas. I, I really had to find out if that's what it was written in Japanese. I feel like there's a chance that isn't, but I, have, I don't know. 
But anyway, on the next page, uh, we get introduced to another character, a uh, very, very, very pretty looking uh, character named uh, named Kata, the Princess Peacock. And uh, she just kind of announces herself as such. And she also mentions she's uh, one of the four emperors of Kabuki-cho. Um, I was I was going to say, uh, which I, I thought was kind of funny, because I remember um, when Saiga was introduced, that that was kind of dropped there as well, that Oh, because Shinpachi, I think, was explaining to Kagura who Saigo was, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that's Saigo. He's a he's a transvestite, and he's also one of the f- four devas of Kabuki Cho." Oh, we're just gonna leave that. We're never gonna address that again, obviously. Um, so um, anyway, Kata here it is again. Say what? So yeah, and here it is again. It's just like there. And I love that Sorachi does this thing where it's like he'll just introduce the thing and then forget about it, and, and then he'll be like, "Wait, I can use that." <laughs> yeah it's pretty great um but yes yeah, she 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 introduces herself as such and you know she's uh she she's just she's just cocky she's like oh you guys are you guys are one brave bunch i guess you're just i guess you just want to die you you have a death wish and hasagawa tries to uh, plead for forgiveness and tries to tell her that they weren't the ones who were cheating and he just gets kicked in the stomach and then uh, Kata says, I, I hate men who make excuses. And, you know, what what kind of gambler are you? And um, Gin's like, oh, man, that's what a goddess. And um, Kanbei says, oh, she she's more of an Amazon. She 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 apparently controls most of the casinos in Kabukicho. And, and no one who's ever caused her trouble in her territory has survived. Uh, she's pretty much going to kill us. She's going to throw us in the ocean while she uh, kicks around Hasegawa. She seems to be enjoying it a bit too much. <laughs> which is even clearer in the anime <laughs> yeah in the, in the anime she literally looks like she's stomping him in the balls and she's got this demonic smile as she does it so. yeah it's 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 great I, I i love how she like she's enjoying it and then she like instantly composes herself <laughs> it's pretty great <laughs> um but anyway um kata notices kanbei and she's like oh i know you you're you're kanbei the luck reader your, your name was a legend even on my home planet so i guess kanbei is uh name reached uh reached pretty far um would you say it reached the heavens <laughs> i mean i guess i guess we can consider uh consider the heaven space i mean i guess sure <laughs> um but uh she continues to say that oh you know the you know they they said that uh, they say you could change the course of luck even in the most dire situations, but you know who who'd have thought the great Kambe was just just was just a cheater? And Kambe replies, "Oh, I was great once. I used to be good, but you know n- now now my eye is closed and I can't read anything. So yeah, pretty much I'm a cheater." And uh, Kata just replies, "Oh well, you mean you could read luck with that right eye right eye of yours, huh? Interesting." Uh, rumor has it that five years ago that uh, that Kambe lost his eye in a bet, but not. Uh, I almost called her Nada. Um, <laughs> uh, Kata uh, questions why uh, why he can't see with his left eye what what he saw with his right, and she says, "Oh, I'm going to give you guys one last chance." As she uh, as we cut to a crowd here, uh, basically waiting for something to happen on stage, and. Uh, we have the announcer on stage going, "Oh, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we all tonight as always we uh, we present an ex- exhibition of the world's greatest gamble gamblers." And what happens on the next page? Well, we get Hasegawa in a barrel full of holes. Huh. Clearly, this is going to be quite rather unpleasant for him. What's ironic is uh, I'm not sure if I'm outpacing myself here. Is they 
actually don't do this in the anime at all. Yeah, we'll. But um, they mention we'll, it. They mention. Well, here we'll we'll get to that in the anime segment. I do want to say that. All right, all right, but yeah, uh, Hasegawa's in a barrel full of holes, and they're gonna play a game called "Let's Play Let's Save Mr. Beard." The game's simple. They they're going to shove swords into the holes by one by one, and one slot has a bomb trigger. If they stab that, then they say goodbye to Hasegawa. If they're able to stab every single hole except that one, then they win. So can they save his life? Uh, we'll find out. But um, yeah. So funny thing about this is that um, I remember uh, we we will talk about this in the anime manga comparison segment, but uh. This is a lot. Uh, I remember flipping through this the first time, and I was like, "Oh, that's they didn't do this in the anime at all. This is really different. What's going on here?" Um, uh, well, and we'll talk about that more in one of the next segments. But, um, but for now, I I, I just wanted to mention that uh, I remember seeing this and flipping through and being like, "I think I recognize this somewhere because I I knew this was a um I knew this was some kind of like really popular like Japanese." kids game or what have you and sure enough um the, the the game that they're playing in this chapter in particular is a game called uh pop-up pirate or uh in japanese uh kurohige kiki ipatsu or literally blackbeard in danger according to wikipedia yes. um which has been around apparently since like the mid 70s um and it's from what i hear it's i mean like i've i've seen this around on the internet and i've kind of always wanted to play because it actually does look kind of fun like i would actually I would have actually loved to play this as a kid like like this. And I think, um, do you remember Elephant? I don't. Oh, the, uh, dude, like, OK, you remember this? Um, OK, this this was something I loved playing as a kid. So uh, when I was a kid um, in preschool, we'd have this game called Elephant, which is basically you'd have this like plastic elephant with like a, kind of an inflatable trunk. And it would like sprout up like little like cloth pieces of cloth that are supposed to like look like butterflies and you're supposed to catch them as they fall you never played this no oh man it was so fun what, what kind of childhood did you have i i instantly judge you <laughs> i don't know most of my childhood was lost in the war <laughs> ah, i see when i when a child came back a man <laughs> the 80s were really 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 they were one hell of a time <laughs> the 80s. That, that's unfortunate because i was born in 93 um so i, I, yeah, you, I we know. you you got an innocent childhood off the backs of all us remember that I, <laughs> yes 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 sir um <laughs> <laughs> and i'm dating myself so much here <laughs> I'm dating uh, hey that, that's yeah i do that i do that a lot on the show anyway um so anyway um i'm, so, I'm sorry this was your page you can go ahead and continue no <laughs> it's cool i i got to hear about a new fun game I'll have to play it. Yeah, you got to hear a new fun game for um for what was it like ages six and up. Well, when I'm done not having children, I'll tell them. But not, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, so Gin's like, okay, yeah, this is just insanity, and Kambe's like, well, she did say she let us go, so we don't really have much of a choice. And the announcer or Kata, I'm not sure who, probably the announcer. I, is I saying, think it's. Oh no, I, this is Ka this is Kambe. This yeah, is Kambe. Yeah. yeah. If we lose, then we're all going to be fish food, and she's a saddest, which is a running, running thing for this manga. Yep. <laughs> no, and then Kambe's like, no, she's not a saddest. She's a gambler's son. She's probably put a bet on this. And then Hasegawa's like, um, so 
how did I get stuck with being Mr. Beard? Well, and then Kamei's like, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You're Mr. Beard. You, you have, and then Hasuke was like, but you have a beard too. <laughs> if you guys are going to do the stabbing, if you guys are going to do the stabbing, then we don't have a choice. And then Hasuke was like, wait, what? And then Gin's already started. <laughs> And then the Hasuga was like, wait, 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 you gotta, I wasn't ready. You can't, and first of all, I wasn't ready. Second of all, why did you stab me five times? You gotta, and then Gintoki's like, we gotta stab all of them eventually. But you just quintupled my the chances of death. <laughs> and then Kambe apologizes, and now he's doing it. He's stabbing him five times. And he just apologizes, he's like, I'm sorry. And then Hasuga's like, no, you're doing it. <laughs> so, so sorry. Quit and quit acting like I'm already dead. <laughs> and then after one stab, and then now the announcer's like, one stab after another. Do these gamblers know no fear? What they don't know is how other people. Oh, and then this is Hasegawa speaking. What they don't understand is other people's feelings. <laughs> and then Kata's like, the first requirement for a gambler is a daredevil soul, but this game requires more than that. And then again, stabs another one, and he hears a clicking noise. Uh oh. And uh, he jumps back and he's like, oh, no. But um, after some silence, they realize, OK, good. Hasegawa didn't explode. But Hasegawa's like, don't, don't do that. God, <laughs> I thought I was going to fucking swallow my heart. Like, don't, don't <laughs> do that shit to me. And Gin's just like, hey, you know what? Shut up and quit your belly aching. I, I thought I heard something go click. That's why I was so scared. And Kampe's like, "No, no, calm, calm down, guys. Uh, the, the gambler must never lose his cool, uh, even when he's surrounded by fire. Keep your mind cool as ice." And then uh, Kampe stabs the sword into the barrel, and here's a pshoo, and uh, he jumps out of the way too because he's scared. And uh, Hasegawa's like, uh, "There was nothing cool about what you just did. And what was that noise? I, who exp- I, I, what is going on?" And um, Basically, uh, there are hidden hidden traps inside uh, in, inside the barrel here. Basically, fake noises. And um, essentially, Gin's like, fuck it. I don't care. Put all the swords in. Um, I don't care if it blows up. And uh, <laughs> apparently, Gin uh, stabs a sword into one of the slots that activates a timing device. And that uh, now, according to the barrel, they, they have to fill all the safe slots on the barrel... Or it will explode in one minute. And Hasegawa's like, no, this isn't fair. This is bullshit. I want to live for more than one minute. And <laughs> Gin, trying to be all cool, is like, one minute or 50 years. It makes no difference if a man lives his life to the fullest. And, <laughs> Gin, and Hasegawa's like, I can't really do that when I'm in a barrel. This is stupid. <laughs> and um, Kata's just kind of looking on, just kind of monologuing to herself internally, saying, huh. Panic impedes the ability to make intelligent to make intelligent judgments. What can a brain do when it's soggy with sweat? Which I don't know, weird metaphor, but sure, you do, you Kata. It's okay, well, let's go with it. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's go with it. And um, essentially, they're like, "Oh, it's fifty-fifty every time." You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna go crazy if we you know if we think about if we try to you know uh, put in, put the swords in all the slots at once. So basically Kanbei is just giving Gin advice and it's like, you know, all you can think about is, you know, what are the slots going to do? You know, are they going to lead you to freedom or are they going to lead to death? So basically, don't think about it. Um, but that one goes on to the next page. So the the audience is getting enthused by this. They're like, look at these guys. Even though they're about to die, they're not, they're not hesitating at all. 
And Kata is still monologuing, inner monologuing, saying, you know, he keeps his cool even in the final moments. He's more than a cheat, just as I thought. But now comes the real test, so there are only two slots left, and they have to make a choice. And, K- and Kata's looking kind of smug as she's saying, now what will you do? And there's only 20 seconds on the clock. Gin finally turns to Kanbei, and he's like, I gotta ask you something. Could you really read luck when that eye was working? Yes, could you please tell me your backstory in one minute? He's <laughs> like, yeah, and Kanbei's like, yeah, we got manga time, sure. <laughs> if I get, you know, we're about to die and all, so I figured it is a time we should bomb. Yeah, who cares? Got, might as well get it out there. You know, and I mean, clearly, if I could read luck, you'd think, I, you'd think I'd be, you know, I'd have 20-20 vision right now. And then, so we get Kanbei's passed, and obviously he's he screwed up somehow, and there's a bunch of thugs, and they're like, and they use the word egregious, even though they're thugs. <laughs> they got better vocabulary than me. What the hell? They shouldn't have that kind of vocabulary. Egregious, yeah. But yeah, the the truth, and Kanbei's like, you know, he in front of these w- rather well-spoken thugs, <laughs> <laughs> The thugs are like, oh, well, we heard that you got this kind of interesting right eye. They say that you can discern luck, do they not? And this guy's still talking like he's reading a prophecy. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then Kanbei's like, whenever I had to make a hard choice, I made them so I wouldn't have have any regrets later. Now Kanbei's going into badass mode. If you want to save your friend, crush that right eye. Now he's stalking like a thug. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like, um, I, I don't know if this implies that Kanbei had a gang of his own and maybe one of them uh, decided to, to do something stupid and that's how he basically lost his right eye because he wanted to save one of his one of his friends. Yeah, it, it, it seems like it seems like definitely the way that they're dressing stuff, he might have been involved with the Yakuza or something and then maybe one of his buddies did something dumb. And I, so, yeah, it, I, I, I think we can safely assume that. So... I mean, it's really interesting how Sorachi's able to actually do... I mean, it. yeah, it's lacking a bit, but he's able to do this in 19 pages. And it's a thing he often bitches about later on, too, that is like, I always don't have enough room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I think I remember uh, making a comment about that when uh, me and a friend of mine covered... Um, what chapter was it? I forget what chapter it was, but it, it was. I definitely had the same thoughts when um, when we covered uh, the chapter with Masamune the bear. Ah, yes, yes. I remember the anime um, shedding a little more light on. Um, well, not shedding more light, but I guess kind of adding more to to the relationship between Masamune and and the guy hunting him. I I, re- I remember that feeling kind of lacking in the manga, so yeah, I can see what Sirachi's talking about. Yeah, definitely. And it's and what's funny is there was like a good, I want to say year where they actually took two pages from him. Hmm, interesting. Because like the the Gintama manga was like seventeen pages for like a year or two, and I'm not sure if that was the thing that Sirachi requested. Because I think that might have been around the time where the second movie was in production, and he was writing that too. So yeah, that that makes sense. Because I think Oda had the Oda kind of did the same thing where uh, definitely during um, I think it was the Marineford arc in One Piece where a lot of uh, a lot of his chapters felt shorter, not just because oh they were like a lot of like two page spreads, but some of them were like. I know there were a couple of chapters that were like 15 to 16 pages because he was also working on um, Strong World, yeah. the One Piece movie at the time. 
but I mean, which I wanted to, I, at first I was like, okay, yeah, he's probably working on a movie. That's why it's shorter. But then it happened, it, it happened twice. It was one time during the movie, which was understandable. Then it happened like a year or two after that, where it was just a year of chapters or seven, there were 17 pages. And the second time it happened, it felt like to me that it was a decision on editorial staff because then we got like a lot of chapters where they ended in really weird places. Like you would expect to be the way it ended, you would expect there be to be more to the chapter, but instead it ends right there. I I, rem- I remember there was a chapter of the manga I think this year that was like thirteen pages. Yeah, there was. Yeah, I I, I yeah, it was definitely around a lot of the like quote unquote ongoing serious stuff where i noticed yeah there are a lot of like 17 page chapters being released that's kind of interesting yeah i mean i know what chapter you're talking about but i feel like that one was more his decision like you know he told he had a story to tell it was probably the one time he probably ran into a time where he's like oh well geez i was able to tell what i do what i want to do in 13 pages or 19 so i guess i'll just cut this one short Hmm, so but yeah it was like Going back to our buddy Convey here, he basically says he he always acted as if he made it. He was he he basically used his badass factor to make it look like he was choosing every move that he made himself, whether it was in gambling or life. Pretty much. But then, and then he stands back and he tells Gin, you know, hey, you choose which thing to stab it in now. Yeah. So basically, Gin is choosing the right or the left slot. You know, again, we got a 50-50 chance here, and uh, Gin goes, hey, you know, you know, guessing wrong means we're both going to die, Hasegawa, so let's have a toast in hell, and Hasegawa is like, you know, remember, I hate, I hate cheap liquor. I love those lines from Sorachi. And I'm, I'm like, oh my god, this shouldn't be cool, but it really is, I love it. Um, <laughs> and then Gin kind of like concentrates for a bit, and then he opens his eyes as he chooses the right slot and everybody's just kind of like looking on with t- t- you could you could cut the tension in the air with a knife and um gin's running to the right slot but then his foot slips out of his shoe and then he you know basically slips the sword into the wrong slot he slips it into the left which uh wasn't the one he was intending and Hasegawa was like no no that's not the one no i'm gonna die and nothing happens and everybody's like oh w- really oh wait Oh, oh, they did it! Oh, holy shit, they actually did it! And Kata's just like, okay, I, I didn't see that coming. And uh, Gin and Hasegawa are both just kind of like, holy shit, we could have died, oh my... And Gin, Gin is basically like, I was I was about to kill Hasegawa, I guess good thing that accident happened. Like, that's, that's the I'm look at his face. his expression here, he's just kind of like, well, I worked out. I, I had actually planned that the whole time. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> You know, we got Kambe trying to look all cool in the last panel saying, oh, welcome back, Lady Luck, as he smokes a cigarette. And that's the end of the chapter. So, so B, uh, what did what, what, you think of this chapter? It's interesting reading it again because I'm familiar with the anime version more than the manga version as much as I was ranting about that earlier. So reading this now, and especially since I watched the anime, like, just like maybe an hour before we did this, we started this. So I was surprised at how quick this went by. It just felt like, I mean, it, it told a complete story, so I don't have a problem with it, but it's like, it, especially the ending, I can definitely see how Sorachi probably was like, yeah, damn, 19 pages. 
Guess I'll have to end it here. I could tell, like, on the last page especially, Sirachi was kind of, like, adding what he needed to add in, like, okay, we need to have the resolution, okay, we gotta have a reaction from Kata, okay, we gotta have Gin and Hasegawa looking, uh, looking like they just shit their pants, okay, we gotta have Kanbei doing something cool to kind of end things off. It's, it's sort of, I don't want to say lackluster, but, like, it's kind of, see, it's weird, because it's, like, it feels kind of anticlimactic in the way it ends, but, but I feel like that's, that's kind of, I, I, I don't know, I'm not really sure how to word it. Yeah, no, I think I know what you're saying. Like, it works for what it was doing, even though it was like, okay, yeah, it wasn't much of a resolution. I mean, I feel like the build up to the chapter was leading to a thing where it was like going to end up being not much of a. It was going to end up. It was going to end in a way that was just kind of. It went out on a whimper, then rather than a bang. Yeah, but I think the whole chapter was just like it did what it accomplished. It it set out to accomplish. Hey, you know. Luck isn't the thing that you can kind of like chain down and use. It's the thing that freely does whatever it wants. You just end up getting it or you don't. So I feel like that was it. And it always makes me one thing I always wonder when I'm reading these is how was it like when this ran in the magazine and they would and then the reader would have had to wait another week to find out what was going to happen next. Because I mean, when this ran in jump originally, whenever it did. You wouldn't know if, like, it continued, if it was going to continue next week at the time, or if Sorachi was going to come up with something completely new, which he did. But at that point, it would be it would be impossible to know. And I and I always, like, think about that when I'm reading, you know, the older chapters. I mean, currently now it's all serious stuff, so everything's linked together. But in the past, it's like, you could, one week you'll get a chapter about, you know, Gin going out to buy toilet paper and stopping an alien invasion somehow. And then the next week, all of a sudden, Tagasugi's back. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> I always like that kind of unpredictability of it. And I think about that often when I'm like reading the older ones, especially when I started translating them. And then because there is a there is like a method to that madness, but where they're actually Rache actually did like and I didn't notice it. And everybody else did. Apparently, that he does a serious arc every year. Huh. OK, you can kind of like not. I'm going to use the phrase, you can set your watch to it, but obviously that's very dumb. But yeah, he does, it's, you could check it around, it's usually around every 50th chapter that he does a serious arc. Okay. Except for the first year, obviously. But yeah, every 50th or so, you get serious something, you know, you get like a, not maybe not a plotty one, but like a serious-ish one. And the only time he didn't do that was... Well, I guess it's not really a spoiler because I'm not going to actually name an, 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 an event, but around the chapter 400s, like we went a whole year with nothing, like two years with nothing. In fact, mm. we went 400 to 450 with nothing, 450 to 500 with nothing, which is mainly comedy chapters. Mm. That's interesting. So I guess it was kind of gearing up for what's going on now because now we've gone like two years with all serious. Yeah. Chapters. Yeah. Now, so now, now, Kurt. Nowadays, Sirachi is actually like trying to wrap up the story. Yeah, which makes sense. And it's, it's interesting to think that this is what it came from. It's like it went from that to this. But yeah, though that's that's the thing I always kind of wondered myself: like, how would this have felt if I'm like a school kid in Japan or whatever, and I just read this chapter and jump, and now I have no idea because Sirachi lampshades it on another chapter with the title, where it's like jump previews are not to be trusted. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I remember. I remember that. So, like, because at the end of the jump, ma- the magazine, you know, they'll have a little section where they kind of preview some of the series that is going to be next. And generally speaking, those are written by the editors and not by the manga artists. So it might say, and they're usually for like series like One Piece and stuff. They're usually very vague. Yeah. So like, like they could be right, but they also could be completely wrong. And with One Piece and stuff, that works because it might say something like Luffy fights Blackbeard, and then maybe the next chapter he does, but it's like on the nineteenth page. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not wrong but with gintama the nature of gintama it gets weird because like since sorachi randomly just selects stories like one chapter i even think he complained about it once or it was like in the middle of a serious arc and like the the preview said gint's gonna run a race or something like <laughs> that <laughs> or like it'll be like It'll say the preview will say again, and the others, you know, they meet. They're in a life or death situation. Then it's actually a a chapter about like Kagura hanging out in town or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like it, it it it's it's really interesting to kind of. I just kind of get into that mindset, like what were what was going on at the time when this chapter was released. Until I got to a point where I'm translating it, and now I have an idea. Hmm, interesting. Um, but yeah, going back to, uh, I guess, sticking to what we were talking about with the ending of the chapter. Um, it's weird, I guess I guess you put it best. It, it, it's weird how it kind of whimpered out. But like at the same time, it's supposed to kind of be anticlimactic, I think, in a sense. Yeah. It, it, it is kind of weird like that. Um, I feel like I had that same opinion, though, of um, especially of when we covered uh, the first appearance of Hidoro. Because I remember that manga chapter just ends. Like, it literally just ends. It's kind of weird. Yeah, And I guess that's probably maybe even part of the reason, but why the anime is still taking so well. Because the fact that they do those chapters are just one chapter per episode. They've got a lot of leg room. Yeah. So they can do things like expand on scenes and stuff. Exactly. And I get really, that's what a proper anime adaption is supposed to do. It's not supposed, most people will complain that it's like, You'll get people who complain that things are one-to-one too much, and then people will complain things are changed too much. Yeah. So, it's like, it, it, but a good adaption is supposed to kind of, like, show a thing that the manga probably could not. So, I, I with the ending of this one, yeah, it was kind of like, it goes, it's just Kanban in the last panel saying, you know, hey, welcome back, Lady Luck. So, it's like, throughout the chapter... I don't know. I guess maybe one thing that might have that might have not maybe so much hurt the chapter, but was kind of weird was like it's like it was leading up to a lesson, and it, you got the lesson, but it wasn't one that was like overtly obvious. Like what you know, especially when throwing in Kanbei's kind of like past, yeah, in the end. So it was like you know we we're supposed to learn something, but what exactly? Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of confused about that too, actually, because I feel like I get the gist of what this particular story is trying to teach me but it's like i at the same time i'm not sure if i completely understand it fully yeah and i feel like sorachi knew what he was going for and then maybe i can imagine him sitting there with the chapter and having like this perfect 24 page thing that completely explains everything and then being told nah i gotta gotta cut that down to 19 Mm -hmm. and he's just like damn it And this is what he could salvage out of what his original plan was. Um, 
I don't know, but I think I think overall, I I thought this chapter was pretty funny, and I thought it was pretty good overall, actually. Yeah, I I agree. And one thing I really do I really do like is how Viz handled it. That is not something we say too often on this podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't say it much myself. <laughs> I mean, that's so. But no, I I really think like I feel like with the Viz translation, it was a thing where it was like too many cooks in one kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, it was because you could definitely tell they didn't have like one dedicated person on it. No, the, yeah, I, guess, I I remember looking through all my volumes and realizing, oh yeah, this went through like this went through multiple translators and editors and what have you. And yeah, yeah, I don't. I mean, and that that's fine when everybody's on the same page, but clearly they didn't. Yeah. I'm not going to say I can't say that maybe that's why it was canceled. I have no idea, but um. I feel like that really hurt Gintama a lot. Mm-hmm. I I feel like if they're going to bring it back, I would really want to see a retranslation. I mean, of course, but if if Viz were to... I know it's unlikely. I know, but I was also going to say, even if they were to bring it back, I feel like they wouldn't go through the trouble of retranslating what they've already translated. Yeah. Because like, if, ex- if they did that kind of thing, they would have already done that with like all of their Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z re-releases and whatnot. Especially with their Dragon Ball Z releases. Yeah. No, I feel like it's very, very unlikely that they'll do it. I, I really wish they would. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm probably not going to go back and retranslate the things I've done. You know, I know some of them are terrible. So, <laughs> Actually, <laughs> so. was this... Um, I, I, I know we talked about this off mic. Was, was this a chapter you translated at all? or No, I did not come in. I actually... I started off with Umibozu... Then I pretty much got scared away from the series until, like, I want to say, like, chapter 180-something. Okay. And then from 180-something on is where I picked up. Mm, So we're we're still still quite a ways away from where you start translating. Yeah, yeah. uh, Actually, a friend of mine was a new Gintama fan. She had been reading, she had been watching anime and finally decided to read the manga. And I've been kind of following her while she did that, and she got to my chapters, and I kind of read them first, and I was like, oh my god, these are so bad. (laughs) (laughs) I was just some college kid living off of ramen and doing this thing in, like, candlelight. (laughs) (laughs) With with the the quill and paper. Why can't the internet forget my sins? (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, I, I feel like I didn't really get into, like, a groove until maybe, like, 250 because I was still, I was better than I was at the Umi Bozu arc, but I was definitely not that great. Because I look at some of the later arcs, and I was really hoping Viz would do a certain, would do, like, Yoshiwara. And what annoys me is they ended right. I know, they, they stop right before they get to Yoshiwara. That pisses me off so much. Yeah, that made me so mad when I heard they were going to stop right there. God, like, I don't know, I feel like if they would have kept going, maybe people would have been, would have gotten interested in that arc. Exactly. No, no, that's exactly how I feel. I, I feel like that would have been the arc that possibly could have saved the manga. <laughs> the English version, I mean. Because that's like the Alabasta of Gintama, you know? Pretty much, yeah. It's like the one arc everybody agrees was really good. Mm-hmm. Even though, well, side note, I, I prefer Skypea, but... <laughs> <laughs> um. I I'm I'm unpopular. I'm basically a living unpopular opinion. Hey, hey! If it, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, Yoshiwara is not even in my favorite arcs. I 
don't hate it, but I really think what's funny about that is like Sriracha actually commented in an interview that he was like actually supposed to be like two chapters long and just be about well, I won't go too much into that, but what ended up happening was not what he originally intended. Oh, that's interesting. So it was going to be like a two chapter like human emotion drama story and then it was going to end. But then he introduced a bunch of other things and it ended up being what it was. Oof, boy. <laughs> and it just, yeah. The, and you could tell, I like, partway through it was easy to tell that this was not, like, what he intended at first. Hmm. But it just ended up being what it was. But yeah, I, I feel like, but that's the one arc that most people agree that they really liked with Gintama. So I feel like if Viz had done that, then and per, and plus putting aside that even let's say everybody hated Yoshiwara, the end of volume twenty six would have been a perfect place to end the series. Like if they wanted to, uh, yeah. I mean, at the very least, they at least they didn't end in the middle of a story because that would have been the worst. Yeah, that would have been the worst. But I just feel like like the very last panel of Yoshi, if you're gonna have ended have to end the manga somewhere, the very last panel of Yoshiwara would have been perfect. Yeah, I think so. So, but anyway, um, this, I think, I think we can agree that this, this chapter was good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Okay. So, um, I think with that out of the way, so if you guys want to buy, uh, Gintama the manga, problems with Viz aside, I think, uh, we can both agree that if you, I mean, again, it's, it's canceled and uh, Viz hasn't put out a volume of Gintama in like five years at this point, but you know, if if you want to let them know, hey, we we want more Gintama, um, no matter how likely or unlikely it is that they'll bring it back. You know, it's still good to show your support and to let them know that oh, yes. that you want this thing. So the best way to do that is to, you know, essentially vote with your dollars, buy the manga. Um, usually this would be the point of the show where I would just list off a bunch of different retailers. But Viz recently has uh, made our job a lot easier and... Um, has just decided, hey, you know, are th- like on the on the Viz website, you can find a particular volume of manga, and in that listing for whatever book you're looking for, they'll actually give you links to like different retailers that you can buy from, and not just their website. So, so that's pretty cool. So, um, you know, it gives you links to like Amazon, Right Stuff, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, et cetera, et cetera. And those are just a few off the top of my head. I know there are like one or two more, I think, that I don't remember. But I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. Uh, that's volume nine uh, that we're reading from currently. Um, or, you know, if you, you want to buy this and other uh, volumes of Gintama manga, like I said, you know, Amazon or Right Stuff are usually the retailers I use the most. But again, there are other retailers that you could find in the Viz link I will leave. And what's good is that, like, <clears throat> they also leave a link for, like, where you can buy a certain manga digitally, but unfortunately, you don't really have that option with Gintama, because Gintama is not available digitally. But if you want Gintama digitally, uh, the best way to let Viz know is, uh, is is to basically send them a tweet on Twitter. You can find Viz Media at Viz Media on Twitter, and just let them know, hey... I would be interested in buying Gintama digitally if uh, if that were possible. And please be as polite as you can. Don't be like, hey, guys, fuck you. Where's my Gintama? Don't do that. Because they will yeah, not listen to you. Yeah, but, yeah they won't. <laughs> I I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think you would either. So there you go. So, yeah. Because it, it, it really would. I mean, coming from me translating it, 
I would love I would definitely pick up the manga again if they if they were to continue releasing it. I wanted to support it no matter what. So I'm you know, even now I'm buying it digitally from well Amazon Japan because that's the only digital that, that's available. But I would still even though I'm buying the Japanese versions, I would still buy the English ones just because I feel like Gintama deserves it. It's a really good series that really deserves it. Definitely, definitely. So with all that out of the way, um, I think we should go on to the next segment. This is the Life Lessons segment for Lesson 70. Life without gambling is like sushi without wasabi. So, um, I hate wasabi. How about you, B? I've only had wasabi like once, so I and that was like a million years ago, so I don't even remember the taste. But I'm not a particularly huge sushi fan. <laughs> I don't get the chance to eat sushi too much, which is weird because I, I know I got a sushi place pretty... Not within walking distance, to, not... Not really, but I, I got a sushi place around here that I could go to a little more often if I wanted to, but I'm just like, I'm just not usually a sushi guy. I, I I save that kind of thing for, like, special occasions. Yeah, exactly. No, I was like, I, I mean, people think it's weird that when I went to Japan, I didn't really have any sushi, and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that's not the only food there. Can't you guys ask me about something else? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I and they're just like, hey, uh, what about ramen? Did you have any ramen? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly what the other question is. What about the ramen? Is it good? <laughs> yes, yes, it's good. <laughs> yeah. It's just like you guys. That's all you. I didn't just eat the whole time. <laughs> oh wait, what but... about wait? What about Pocky? <laughs> you can go to like a mall hearing. <laughs> I feel like we're having a Gintama bit here. <laughs> See, like, those are, like, the three foods that, like, all anime fans think that, like, all... That, that's, like, that's like to, to anime fans, it's like, oh, that's all Japanese people eat. You know, their their diet consists of, uh, you know, ramen, sushi, and paki. Oh, and rice. Let's not forget about rice. Yeah, rice is a big deal for them. Like, we actually went to, like, a rice farm, and they told us how it was made and everything. <laughs> so... Well, that sounds cool. But yeah, that, yeah, I'm not I'm not a big sushi guy or a wasabi guy. So see, I I have the kind of friends who when I the few times I I've gone out to, you know, eat sushi with my friends, I have the kind of friends who like dare each other to eat like whole spoonfuls of wasabi. Well, maybe not whole spoonfuls, but like you know, it, it, enough to like a I don't I don't know what I don't know how to describe it like like I guess a marble like a marble-sized bit a bit of wasabi and then they eat it and then they're like like and and all that kind of stuff and it's like you guys and they try to like dare me to do that kind of shit and i'm like no i'm just i'll just eat i'll just eat my spring rolls things you guys you guys can be jackasses all you want (laughs) (laughs) i mean like and i i i have the kind of friends who swear by sushi who who like when i'm like no i'm good they look at me like are you are you insane Hey, are are you are are you not Japanese? Why do you not like sushi? I'm like, uh, I'm actually not a big sushi fan. I mean, 
the thing is, that's why I always tell people when they are like, oh, you went to Japan, you know, and you like anime, so you must want to live there. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's usually what most people say. You, you must, you must really, you know, that that's the, that's the biggest thing I got. Cause like, everybody's like, oh, you must love it. You're going to thinking of moving there, aren't you? I'm like, no, <laughs> I, I still like it here. I just, I mean, I did really enjoy my time there, but the thing about the food is, is a lot of it's room temperature or just cold. And that's not a thing I, I'm really used to yet. <laughs> I see. Yeah. So it's like that. I, I, I. I came back and I embraced my microwave as deadly as it probably is. <laughs> I, I like my food to be warm. No offense. I mean, when I had warm food there, it was amazing, but that was rarely. <laughs> yeah, like, if I were to ever go to Japan, I'd be like, hey, where's all the meat? Like, I I love eating meat too much, so I, yeah. Yeah, yeah that that was me. That was me. Like, they they had a thing called karaage, which is basically Japanese fried chicken. Oh man, that sounds good. I swore by that. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, not, I mean, I did try my best to try other things, of course, but like, you know, it's like when you're in a group, you want to look like you're this guy that's like open to everything, and I was because I'm really not a seafood sort of guy at all, which is why I don't like sushi. M- me, me neither. Unless it's calamari, I do like calamari. I've not had that. It's I th- what was it? I think it was like just deep fried octopus or something. I would like to give that a shot. It's it's actually I I remember I was with uh, I was with um, some of my um, extended family one time at a restaurant out of town and they made me try calamari and I was like oh, I don't I don't want octopus that sounds weird but then I tried it and I was like oh this is actually really fucking good can I have more please yeah that's how it was when I went there and I like you know they they served us like um, salmon and stuff. I actually ate duck. Oh, that sounds good. When I was eating it, it was like I just the Aflac duck just came to my mind and <laughs> ruined the whole experience. That's funny. I, I ate. It was like it was weird. It was like one of those travel log things you see on TV because I ate crickets. Oh boy! Huh. And they were actually really. They were actually pretty good. They were like candy. Huh. It was funny because I was like I was I was trying to scoop them up with the chopsticks and. And, you know, they dared me. Basically, it was just like a bunch of us and they dared me to eat it because they served it was some restaurant we were at and they served it to us. And I guess as like the entree. And, you know, of course, we were all looking at it like, no, and they were <laughs> like, oh, well, we dare you to eat it. And I'm like, well, I'm probably not going to Japan anytime soon mm. again. So at least I want to have stories to tell people that I ate bugs while I was in an Asian country. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went ahead and ate it and it was pretty good. And I was like, Oh, and I think I actually recorded myself eating. I should probably put that up somewhere, but yeah, I ate it and I was like, Oh, this is pretty good when you don't think about what it is. And then I started <laughs> thinking about what it was. And I like dive bomb towards some water. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Um, but anyway, so, um, I don't know. I I wonder if this is probably this is another one of those really self-explanatory chapters, chapter titles. I feel like, but uh, B, if if you if you had to uh, if you had to use your um, what what do you want to call it? Uh, your 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 skills in philosophy, if you have any. I don't know. I don't think you you didn't, you didn't major in, you didn't major in philosophy in college. You you were you said you were an English major. Yes. Okay. Well, here. Uh, I don't know. How, how does this chapter title relate to the chapter? If I were to take a stab at it, it just sounds like to me it's just saying, you know, 
gamble is the spice of life. You know, if you don't take a gamble in some aspect, whether it's actually going to a casino and throwing some dice around or or trying new food, you know, looking at looking at a, you know, making a tough decision in life. Hey, should I move to this place and hope that I find a job or stay here at home with my folks and live in town and never experience anything new? I guess it's the the chapter title to me is just kind of saying you got to gamble somewhere. It's what makes life. Not so much worth living, but it makes it interesting. Yeah, like, you can't really go through life without taking no risk, because then, like, you would never try anything new, and you would never, like, make any friends, and all that kind of important stuff. Exactly. I mean, I guess some guy had to be, like, wasabi, sushi, wasabi, maybe I'll put them together. It could be (laughs) fucking disgusting, but it could also be great. And that's how that happened. I mean, just like some some dude came up with a chicken sandwich. It was like chicken bread. What happens if I put both of these together? Hey, you know, somebody out there had to cut, had to be like peanut butter and jelly. Hmm. I don't know about this. Oh, no, Johnson. That sounds like a really big risk. <laughs> I know. I know it is. But you know me living on the edge. And then it became one of the best sandwiches I, uh, in the world. I love PB and J's. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a ten year old at heart. I'm almost twenty three. We all are. We all are. I haven't had a PB and J in forever though, and now I kind of want. Well, I guess it goes part and parcel with the fact that I don't go grocery shopping. And a bunch of my friends were kind of like, "Why don't you just put shit in the freezer? Why, why do you starve yourself?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I could, but then I had to like eat the same thing every day. Let me tell you something, everybody listening to this podcast. Respect your mom. Because <laughs> when she doesn't cook shit for you anymore, then you'll realize that your life really has begun. <laughs> <laughs> because my mom's like, because we're all grown up. So my mom's like, yeah, I'm done with this shit. I was a mother for like 30 years and I retired. <laughs> You're on your own, kid. She was just like, and we're just like, but mom, you can't retire from being a mom. I guess I'll be the first one. <laughs> 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 oh, it is gonna be um, it is gonna be a very hard day for me when my mom. Ev- well, I don't know. I feel like my my mom is a little. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm lucky, but then I'm kind of unlucky because my my mom likes to dote on me, and sometimes I don't mind it. But then other times it's like, okay, mom, I want to do things on my own. Can you can you just can can you let me spread my wings, please, mom? Mommy stop, dearest. Stop, stop stop wiping my face. Stop stop. Yeah, it, all that all that kind of stuff. But, nah, yeah. my mom's like I mean, she's kinda got the 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 kind of like I don't know, I I'm, I'm the word I'm looking for. She's kinda indirect doting. It's like she wants us to all do our own thing, which is great, but she wants us to do her own thing where, where she can see us. <laughs> she can, <laughs> so she's like, if she could buy a neighborhood and we would just live in the houses in the neighborhood, yeah, I want you to get out, but I want you to live next door. That, that's my mom in a nutshell. <laughs> I, I I feel like my mom would do the same thing, though I, I have to admit, I, I'm... <sighs> I'm such a horrible person because when you said when you when you said indirect doting, I my mind immediately went to imagining a mother being like, it's not like I want to be your mother or anything, Baka. <laughs> that no, that's 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 my mom. She, that's what mom. She's like, well, I want I want you to move out. I mean, it's not like I I want you to move out, but it's not like I said that you had to leave the state. <laughs> 
You know, you, you should stay here. <laughs> oh I mean, no, you're, is your mama secretly a sundere? <laughs> I, I think she might be because she can't admit her feelings. It's like... <laughs> Because one of my sisters went to South Africa last year, and she the whole time that they were preparing for it, like she acted like it was no big deal. And then when she went to the airport with my sister to see her off on the plane, she I mean, I wasn't there. I'm just hearing it secondhand. But she apparently she would she was all like, you know, she kept kind of being like, you know, you don't have to, you know, wait, 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 five more minutes. It's not like I need you to stay here. It's just, you know, <laughs> I just want to, you know, it, it's just. She, she's just diff- it's difficult for her to be like straight up with her feelings towards <laughs> us we're all we're all just senior it's not like we're the shonen protagonist it's all like why does mom co- why does mom chan feel this way <laughs> what is mom chan trying to tell me <laughs> masaka, masaka. <laughs> no i mean we're all like yeah mom we know that you ship us but we're, we're not into that we're just we want to all do our own thing oh boy. we're gonna do our own thing <laughs> So, I mean, right now she's retired and doing whatever she's actually, I think, pretty close to you. She's in South Carolina right now. Oh, okay. Mm. So she's, I don't know what she's doing there, but, <laughs> but yeah. She's, prob- she's probably enjoying the retired life. Yeah. From, from, be- from being a mom all those years. Yeah, which is why I have my sisters blowing up my phone and being like, we need to be picked up from work. Aww. Luckily, I guess my older sister took care of that, so. I get to sit here and talk to you. Oh, but, but, but you're such a nice big brother. Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess <laughs> it works out. I'm just. I. I mean. I, I. Maybe I'm a terrible person to say this, but I guess it works out that two of my sisters are really big into anime. So, like, I feel like I'm raising perfect girlfriends for some dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I mean, so, like, no. I mean, one of them is like. Well, then it was like, uh, yeah, I watched I, I watched Kaiji the other day, and then I'm just like, huh? <laughs> oh, that's 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 so funny considering what we're going to be talking about in the next segment. Yes. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, getting back to the topic at hand, yeah, it's again, I think this is pretty pretty self explanatory because the that whole pretty much the 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 chapter title is just like the the theme of the chapter. And it's and it's constantly there, and they constantly talk about it. You know, Gin and Hasegawa and Kanbei constantly talk about it amongst themselves. So um, I don't really feel like there's a lot to talk about uh, past that. I guess um, I don't know I, unless you have any lingering thoughts. No, uh, no, I don't not really. I mean, yeah, it was one of those ones where it's just really straightforward. Where it's like you know, taking risk is is important just as important to life to as you know being safe i guess yeah it's 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 a part of life like like you're you're always going to have to make hard decisions and that that alone is is uh, is usually a gamble so yeah but yeah um i don't know i guess does the chapter time make sense i think it does i think it does Okay, there you go. So, if you guys have any uh, thoughts on this particular lesson or any other chapter titles, you know, past or present, or I guess past or future is what I meant to say, whether we've covered them on the show or not, or whether we've, you know, maybe we haven't covered them on the show and you just have have some thoughts on what you think some of these chapter titles mean, uh, please email us about uh, that kind of stuff at gintolifelessons at gmail.com. We'd really like to hear your thoughts on this kind of stuff. So... That's about it for that, and I think we should move on to the next thing.
This is the anime manga comparison segment of episode 49 of the anime. Basically the end of, like, the first year of the anime, or season one, as it used to be known on Crunchyroll. But essentially, like, this episode is, um... I, I think I might have mentioned in the manga recap. Yeah, the manga is definitely a lot more different than how I remember the anime being. Um, but... Uh, that 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 all doesn't come until like the second half. The uh, first half is pretty much the same, except the the episode uh, right before the title card starts off with kind of an introduction to Kabuki Cho. Like you got the uh, what piece of music was playing in the background? I think it's like the it's supposed to be the Otose Pub music, or like I think that's I think that's like the literally the name of the track. Um, Uchukan something Otose. I forget what exactly it translates to, but it's like the it's like that one trumpet piece of oh, music where it's like yeah that yeah that one <laughs> yeah I usually I like those kind of intros um, where it's like oh this is Kabuki Cho and you can do anything in this town you get anything you want alcohol women whatever and it's supposed to start off all cool and stuff and then it basically transitions from that into like Hasegawa and Gintoki about to go into the casino. Then they run into the casino, which I could have sworn um Crunchyroll translated their line as like casino here we come, but you can easily hear them go Rex Casino and it's yes, pretty great. Yes. I remember thinking that to myself. I was like, wow. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I thought the I, I never noticed that before. That's pretty funny. But pretty much like I said, every, everything up until the second half of the episode is pretty much the same. There's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot different. You know, they meet Kanbei. Kanbei does his thing. He explains about what kind of gamblers there are in the world and all that stuff. Um, but the second half of the episode is kind of where things get interesting. Um, the second half is completely different from what happens, um, I guess, in the second half of the chapter. They completely ditch the pop-up pirate game in the anime, and they decide to go with Mahjong. Yeah. Which, for those of you who don't know what Mahjong is, it's essentially... I'm sure maybe if you watch enough anime, you've probably seen it here or there. You know, especially if you watch something like Akagi. Which, uh, which is I'll, all Mahjong. Yeah. Which, I'll get, I'll get to that in just a second, because that's actually kind of relevant. But <clears throat> it's essentially, I guess, this kind of like... this This game that originated in china i believe because i know like i don't know exactly how it's played because like every time i see it in anime and anime characters play it i'm just kind of like i don't really understand the rules but i guess you're supposed to like kind of match up different sets of tiles to get like a winning row of tiles and you win the game or something like that that's that's like my basic understanding of mahjong yeah it, i mean anime is never really a good way to go because they obviously do a lot of things that make it really interesting mm -hmm. and not all of those things are possible <laughs> so especially akagi which is like insane but yeah <sighs> essentially yeah that that is the what from what i understand of it because i tried reading other fukumoto works like kaiji and it was like yeah they did mahjong and that and pretty much just being able to read japanese is enough you don't know the rules <laughs> But yeah, it, it's it's funny. The anime for this uh, for this particular episode uh, for this particular chapter is especially funny now because Gin Gin indirectly references how he basically is like, "Hey, why are we playing mahjong in a in a in a time slot featuring all these kids anime?" So 
it's funny because he indirectly mentions the pop-up pirate game and he suggests, oh, hey, why don't we just play that? Which is funny because they do that in the manga. And even Kanbei, he responds to it. Was he, he basically just brushes it off and he's just like, oh, I'm sure it probably has something to do with like sponsors or something. <laughs> I'm not I'm not exactly sure what that's supposed to mean. He just kind of brushes off the question. It's like, oh, wh- why don't we do this? Because... And that's essentially what he does. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't really know why, because you would think the sponsors wouldn't want them to do that. But I, I, guess. I, I wonder, I wonder if maybe like maybe they couldn't get the rights to use the the likeness of the pop up pirate game or something. Yeah, I, I wonder if they couldn't use it or they felt like it, st- sticking swords into a dude is more too violent. I don't know, because Japanese censors are really weird. The the thing that was odd to me, though, is like, yeah, they made fun of the fact that, oh, this is a kid slot, blah, blah, blah. But then they reference Agaki, which was like a manga that kids would never read. <laughs> yeah, I, I, want, I want to talk about that real quick. Um, So, oh, wait, but also, by the way, Hasegawa was dressed, dressed like a panda for like no reason. That was pretty <laughs> cute. But um, yeah, so I, I was watching the episode today when we were recording this, and then I remembered, oh yeah, because I I wanted to watch the Makagi before I watched the episode, because I, I I had found out, oh yeah, that I guess that's being referenced. So I I watched an episode today, and while I again I still don't understand the rules of mahjong very well, I was still engrossed with the first episode. I really liked it, and I kind of want to watch more. And like, uh, I'm glad I watched it because. Um, uh, basically, Kata has the three of them face off against Kata's legendary Mahjong player, uh, Janki Akage, which I, I, I think there's supposed to be a pun in there because his hair is red and Aka means red and all that stuff. Um, and it's funny because, like, even before uh, Akage enters the room, there's this great little bit that's even funnier now that I've gotten the chance to watch enough Kaiji because the one of the kaiji's trademarks i've noticed is that um uh one of the trademark sound effects for kaiji is uh zawa zawa yeah so that that constantly plays in the background and appears on screen and um i i had noticed that uh, there's a bit where right before akage walks through the door that you can kind of slightly hear it in the background and it's funny because everybody's kind of like looking around like huh what, what was that like the <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's safe to assume, like, they don't call attention to it, but I think it's safe to assume that, like, they can hear the noise, but they don't know where it's coming from. And I thought that was pretty funny. But I I definitely, I definitely could tell, oh yeah, they're referencing Akagi, because I think, uh, for some reason, Akage walks into the room soaking wet, and when I first watched this episode, I had... I didn't know anything about Akagi. I didn't know what the hell Kaiji was. I didn't know anything about it. So when I watched the episode, I was like, why is he wet? That doesn't make any sense. Did he swim or something? Because he mentions, you know, oh, we're going to feed you to the fishes and all that. But I think it's supposed to be like a like a subtle reference to, I'm guessing, the first episode. Because I, I, in the first episode of Akagi, this basically Akagi, this, the, this white-haired kid just kind of walks into... Uh, walks into a hub full of Yakuza playing Mahjong, you know, after uh, basically uh, getting out of a game of chicken, he was playing with somebody, and he had um, he was swimming away from the scene of the crime, 
So that's why he was soaking wet when he when he comes into the comes into the lounge. And I think that's I think that was that was what that was supposed to be referencing. I could be wrong. I think so too, because I I vaguely remember the the scene you're talking about. Because I actually watched Akagi, I think up to episode twenty something. I never finished it, and that and that I wish I had, because I I too was watching this and I had no idea how to play mahjong, but it was just the way the characterization and everything is done. I was really engrossed in just finding out what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, I I think it was a kind of subtle nod to that. Yeah, again, I. I'm I'm assuming the manga's the same way too cuz I think um I I was looking this up and I think the Akage uh, Akage I think the Akagi anime aired from like 2005 to 2006 I believe so. I believe so too. I could probably find that out. But yeah, I believe that was about right, which is probably why they maybe they referenced it even though it's still weird to me cuz it's like I don't think kids would watch this, so yeah, yeah, like Akagi and Kaiji and like anything else written by this particular author, I don't think kids would really understand or enjoy at all. Yeah, Fukumoto is just he's a he's a character. <laughs> yeah, like especially Kaiji. Kaiji is like man, I I've watched the first 9 episodes of Kaiji, essentially the first arc and I can I can I can say for sure that Kaiji gets really depressing at some points. You really feel like uh, when Kaiji gets into certain situations, like you you you're really wondering how he's going to get out of it, and you're and you're really wondering, huh? This is like really hopeless. Like, what's he going to do? You know, like and there like it really deals with a lot of adult themes in that sense. Yeah, because I, I didn't know because for some reason I just assumed it was shonen, and I. I don't know why I assumed that, because I guess I, I didn't really know anything about Kaiji at all before I watched it. So there there are moments in the show where, like, I, I it's not a huge spoiler. P- people betray other people. Like, uh, that happens a lot in Kaiji from what I'm yeah. seeing. And, like, when I assumed, oh, this is shonen, I was like, man, there, th- this, this happened in a shonen manga? And then I, then I was quickly corrected, oh, no, no, this is not a shonen title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's funny because they're actually fukumoto has drawn like shonen manga i don't oh, okay. know if they're exactly like Kai, kaiji but the, he has done it and they ran in the same magazine with like fairy tale and stuff oh wow i didn't know that so he had i mean it's on hiatus now fukumoto's weird where like most mangaka you know they draw there are some that do like draw more than one title I don't know how they do it. No, me neither. Uh, these, people, these people deserve to be respected. But you have Fukumoto who's like, he'll draw, they'll draw more than one title simultaneously. But Fukumoto, what he'll do is, I guess he'll just be like, okay, I'm writing this thing, I'm writing this thing, okay, I hate this thing, I'm going to write this other thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll write that thing, he'll write that thing, and then he'll be like, oh, well, now this sucks, I'm going to go back to this other thing. So, oh like, the shonen. I don't know. It it's I've read a little bit of it. It looks like Kaiji just with more of a shonen bent, I guess. They still have the games and the like psychological things that Kaiji has just that I guess they're not as depressing. Do do do, do they also have the pointy noses and chins? Yeah, that's 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 Fukumoto's trademark. Just like the Zawazawa. When you say Zawazawa, everybody immediately thinks Fukumoto. And to answer your earlier question, I, it's really funny. 
Akagi actually ran October 2005 to March 2000, March 29th, 2006, hmm. which was, which would mean that it, it ended a week before Gintama started. Huh. That's interesting. So, okay. I'm, I'm looking it up right now, actually. So episode 49 aired on March 29th, 2007. So the, like Akagi had, had been off the air for like a year, I think at this point. But it was the exact day, just a year later. Yeah, that's really weird. I don't um, know. I wouldn't be surprised if they planned it. <laughs> uh, that somehow, way. maybe they they might have like been like, oh well, you know, because it, it wouldn't be difficult. They know what episodes they're going to animate and air, and then maybe some guys like, oh, well, hey guys, look, the, don't you think it's weird that the Akagi manga ended this day? I mean, the Akagi anime ended this day, and everybody's like, oh yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah, we should do something. Hmm. And then there you go. <laughs> Yeah, that that is kind of weird, but um, but anyway, yeah, like essentially the whole second half of episode forty nine is just a big homage to Akagi, from what I can tell. Now, now, now that I've watched enough of both Kaiji and Akagi, I definitely I, I appreciate the uh, the subtle references with the Zawa Zawa and, and the touches like Akage being wet coming from the rain and all that. that that's a, those are actually really great details. I like those. Um, but um. You know, I'm not going to go over the whole thing because, again, I don't know Mahjong and all that. But essentially, you know, Hasekawa only knows the basics of the rules while Gin doesn't know how to play at all. And, you know, they're they basically, you know, at first they lose and but but then Gin strips completely naked, you know, to, to I'm sure to all the to, to the to the pleasure of all the Fujoshi out there. And is like, oh, we're not going to lose our next game, which he's implying. Oh yeah, let's let's do let's do strip poker or not strip poker mahjong. Strip mahjong, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much the, the game just kind of goes on and on. They all get naked, um, because they keep losing, and like, uh, there's this one point where Akage is about to pull off some kind of like finishing move, and then Gin like kicks him, <laughs> kicks his leg under the table, and like knocks him over. Um, makes him knock knock over the table or knock him on the t- over the table. Basically loses balance, and Gin's like, "Oh, sorry, man. I I totally meant I totally that was on accident. I didn't mean that at all. Sorry." And that basically messes up his plan. And somehow Hasegawa ends up with like all the right chips, and is like, "Oh, I got a winning hand somehow. Heaven loves me, I guess. Lady Luck loves me." And that's pretty much how the game ends. I don't know. I like e- even though I again I don't know mahjong. I still thought some of it was kind of funny. Yeah, I mean that's that's how I felt. Like now I've watched this again today for this, and this I never thought to go back and watch it after I watched Akagi like you did and Kaiji. So I totally forgot that those were all things in this episode. <laughs> so so when I was watching it again, I was like, oh, I know this. <laughs> I know that too. I know what they're going for now. <laughs> It's kind of like, kind of like how it—it it was just kind of like this light bulb moment in my head. I was like, okay, that's what they were going for. And although I don't, I understand what they're doing a little bit. I, it's not—I know that they're basically just goofing off of mahjong, like yeah, and yeah. how Akaki just has basically. I won't go th- as far as saying that Akaki the mahjong is like Yu-Gi-Oh. Basically, <laughs> I won't go that far because a lot of the stuff in the game does end up like. A lot of stuff in the game you can't actually do, but it just if eventually Akagi just gets to the point in the manga where it's just like, in order to pull some of this shit off, you just have to be like, 
you would have to be the illegitimate son of God, the lucky goddess or something. <laughs> so, so, so essentially, you know, Akaki doesn't just, you know, pull, pull the, pull the, uh, the plot advancing chip from his pocket and is like, this is the winning chip that I pulled using the heart of Mahjong. Go. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> yeah, it's basically like that, just without being so overt. Like in the Shonen, in Shonen, they would scream that and everyone would know. But it's like in Akagi and stuff, since it's a scene and it's just kind of like, I happen to actually have stolen that one chip at the beginning of the game thinking it might come in handy and now I'm using it. Mm-hmm, I had, there were a billion other chips on the board that I could have taken, but I took just the right one. <laughs> and the one, the one hallmark about the one hallmark about Akagi though is like, and Fukumoto's stories in general is like that they're freaking, freaking slow. Like the pacing on these things is like literally, it's like a guy taking a chip and putting it down, and that's the end of a chapter. Oh my god! <laughs> so what? Like when Madhouse does the animes. Like a single episode probably has like ten chapters in it. Uh, I yeah, I could, <laughs> I could, I could see that. That makes sense. Jeez. And they get it gets to be. I one of my friend actually the other Gintama translator is the one that told me this because he's the one that like gave me the kaiji manga to read, and mm. I was like, he told me that yeah, it's really slow, bro, and <laughs> I didn't believe him until I read it. I was like, oh my god, I like went through an entire volume and like. It was essentially the whole volume was like two moves. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. And like even Akaki now, Akaki has been like the way where the anime ends. I guess it's kind of a spoiler. He's fighting against this one dude. I don't know how it ends exactly, but in the manga, he's been fighting against this one dude for like nearly a decade. Are you? You're. 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 You're you're fucking with me right now, right? I'm not there's, fucking with you, man. No, there's like, no way. There's one of my other translator buddies is reading the manga, and they're like, they're just now getting to an end. Well, hold on, let me check. Like the Akaki manga started in '92, yeah. And I want to say that since at least like the late '90s, early 2000s, he's been fighting the same dude. That's ridiculous. And every time it's like. They just the 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 stakes just ramp a little bit higher. It's like just when you think that one guy's gonna win. I mean, at first they're like betting money, and now they're betting each other's blood. What the fuck? <laughs> and it's to the point they're like like the bad guy's like hallucinating because he's just losing so much blood. And like the move that he thought he made a winning move, and then holy shit, I'm just ruining everything. <laughs> God, I I can't imagine. How do people read this shit weekly? <laughs> and, and 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 it's a monthly manga. I think it's oh, bi- it's monthly. Mon- that's even worse. <laughs> I I think it's bi-weekly or monthly. Because I mean, oh. the thing about Akaki is it doesn't run in the manga magazine. It runs in the Majanga magazine. Oh, oh well, that makes sense. So, I I think so. Let me check Japanese wiki. But yeah, it's like the bad guy like i guess he makes like this god level move and he thinks he defeated agaki but it turns out he was just hallucinating because he's lost so much blood uh so so what so what you're telling me is that it's gonna be probably like another 20 years before we get another akagi anime i don't even know if they're gonna actually do another one because like kaiji for example is done in parts like i guess each part's like 16 volumes and they've only and i think he's on part five but they've only animated two so for whatever reason they're just like not doing anymore and i'm that really sucks i would have liked to see more kaiji animated yeah i would love to see it too and again it's madhouse and they've done a wonderful wonderful job with that series like 
but yeah, they haven't done any. And I'm looking at the Japanese wiki now. Yeah, they haven't done any more. Yeah, I, I, I remember a friend of mine who is especially into Kaiji was telling me that uh, that I think there was this thing where, like, there were a- animated cutscenes uh, based off of, like, the next part of the manga that they would have adapted after the second season, I think. But it yeah. was only used for, like, pachinko machines, I believe. Yeah, and I could go into something about pachinko machines, but <laughs> I don't want to derail us any further. Oh, but... Well, I guess I'm not reading Akagi anytime soon, because I... God, I, I, I can't imagine... <laughs> no, I can't, I can't... God, like... People who think that Bleach is slow? No. that That's that's nothing. I never thought there'd be anything slower than Bleach, but my mind has been blown. Like, literally, I cannot... I can't fathom that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he's been fighting the same guy for 20... for almost 20 years. That's so dumb! How do you do that? <laughs> and of course, the anime only shows the beginning of this fight. No, so. no! Shit. it's like it starts it and then it's just just it i i don't know oh. i don't i don't understand how fukumoto gets away with it but he does somehow kaiji and better I mean, kaiji better sell gangbusters otherwise i don't see i don't see how they're letting him get away with that kind of stuff i i actually well since kaiji's a seinen manga i actually don't know like seinen manga don't well i won't say they won't sell but Sanin Manga typically I don't I don't they have a whole different barometer for how they judge how it's popular. Since, you know, they don't have like products like Shonen Manga do. So I, I have no idea. But I know Akaki I mean Kaiji, at least like after sixteen volumes it's over. So you could technically read part three, which would have come after the other two seasons, and that's over now. And that's a complete story, I get well, sort of. I mean, obviously, each part kind of leads into the next part. And I have to say this, the end of part one, I'm not going to spoil, but the end of part one that I had, I was watching it and I had to pause, get up and just walk away because <laughs> it, <laughs> it just, it just was like, it affected me that much. <laughs> like, uh, I was like, I can't believe that just, did he just, oh my God, did that just fucking happen? Oh, no, 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 no. Part two is a lot more tame. But part one was just like that ending. It just hurt me. <laughs> You're really making me want to watch more Kaiji when I get the chance. Kaiji's really good. I mean, Kaiji's really fucking good, though. Yeah, I don't like, even know how I got into it, but I, I is Kaiji's really. I want to watch Kaiji now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a friend of mine wanted me to watch it, and I was like, yeah, sure, I will. And then like I was like, I'll watch like two episodes, and then I ended up watching like four episodes, and I had to like go to work in the morning, and I I had to stop myself from watching more because I had to get up early. Yeah, Kaiji's a drug. It's really a drug. I mean, and again, props to Madhouse for being able to cover it in a way like like I said, they're literally doing like ten chapters per episode, Jeez. and they are they they adapted like sixteen volumes in twenty six episodes, so. And most of the Kaiji staff is also on Agaki, so you know that they know what they're doing. Like, it's got the same director, same character designer, same artist, everything. Um, but anyway, go watch Kaiji. Go, yeah. Go watch it. It's really, really good show. Yeah, definitely. I, I would recommend it. Like, there's a reason why they parodied, parodied it in Gintama, and it's that it's really good. Yeah, I think I think there's a mention of it later on during, like, the Gintama stuff. But Yes, yeah. they reference it. Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. But yeah, 
uh, that's that's pretty much the anime episode. I don't know. So if you had to choose, B, um, do you think do you prefer the anime or the manga uh, when when it, when it comes to this particular material? Uh, that's really tough. Like like we were discussing before, the manga ends so abruptly; it's hard to really feel anything for it. Okay, that's fair. Other yeah, we than were... you know, I mean, it was good. I can agree that it was good. Okay. Definitely. As for feeling anything deeper other than, oh, okay, that was fun. I can't really do that. The anime, I, I feel like the anime with the with the whole Akaki thing, that was really funny. But I feel like a little bit, it, it kind of took away from the lesson of it. Yeah, like it kind of descended it to a kind of madness, sort of. Yeah, it just, it kind of went crazy. And I mean, I feel like sort of what Sorachi was trying to kind of say got lost between just being, you know insanity which is nothing wrong with that it was really funny and really well done oh yeah so i i've i'm not trying to say that the animators you know f- you know flubbed up there but uh, th- it makes it difficult i would definitely i would go i guess if it were me i would say i would probably go for the manga for its message okay. and i go for the anime for well just generally being kind of more fun to do to, you know more interesting i guess I don't like using the word interesting for that, but I guess it's to say I enjoy both of them for different reasons. Yeah, that that's fair. I remember when I first watched this episode, I didn't really think anything of it because, I mean, back back when I first watched this, I didn't know anything about Fukuboto's works. And then I, again, to this day, I still don't know much about Mahjong. So like a lot of it was... Like, this would be, like, one of the few episodes of Gintama that was kind of lost on me and a lot of my friends who I had watched it with. So, this used to be, I mean, it's not a bad episode by any means, but it's still, like, I think, like, back then it used to be kind of one of my least favorite next to, um, I think there's an episode later that basically runs and is fueled on B's references. (laughs) Um, Which, I mean, I kind of find those a little funnier because I've... Well, I mean, I don't know much about the band. But I, I I know who bees are thanks to Detective Conan and all that. But yeah. but I, I think nowadays I um I get the Fukumoto references, so I appreciate those. Um, and like I said, I mean it's it's a fun episode, and like stuff like Hasegawa being dressed as a panda and all the guys getting naked was all pretty great. Um, hey, just just like Kaiji, there are a lot of naked men. Um, yeah, <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree, like, I guess I like both for different reasons, like you said, I, I don't know, actually, I find, I find the manga a little funnier, just because I kind of understand the game a little better, and plus I, I just, I, I, I don't know, I, I guess I just find that, I find the manga a little funnier, because again, I just, I understand a little better what's going on, and then while I do agree that the ending is a little it's it, it it is a bit of a whimper in the way it was uh, executed. I I still I still like that whole oh Gin could have literally killed Hasegawa if he didn't slip up on accident. I find that implication very hilarious. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I, how many times is Hasegawa going to almost die throughout the series? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I feel like in terms of what I think is funnier, I think I have to go with the manga, but that's totally subjective. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with that because, like, I feel like the anim- the anime has a higher rate for entry because you'd have to know. I mean, yeah, it's crazy and everything with the whole. You either have to know Agagi or have to know Mahjong. I mean, 
otherwise it's just kind of like look at these naked guys doing funny things yeah like that that's that's how i kind of felt it was like i knew there were references somewhere but i couldn't pinpoint where so i'm just like i don't really understand what's going on i don't find this as funny as i think i could yeah and that and that when Gintama gets heavy into references like that, then yeah, that it loses kind of like some of that appeal. Like a chapter that could be like you know fucking hilarious just goes down to being heh. <laughs> which which is funny because it's really rare that that happens with me personally. Yeah, I, generally speaking, yeah, even back when I wasn't translating Gintama, I was just kind of watching along with like I never. It's I guess it's a testament to Sorachi's writing that I never got to a point. It even if all I could do was kind of smirk at something. It never got to a point where I was just kind of completely like, okay, I have no idea what's going on right now, and I'm not enjoying this because of that. I've never met a Gintama chapter like that, or an anime episode. Yeah, uh, there, there's never been a time where I've never not enjoyed Gintama. Like, there there are definitely things in certain arcs that make me go, why, why did Sirachi do that? I don't understand what the point of that was. What is that supposed to represent? But we'll, we'll get to those at a later date. Yeah. But so yeah, yeah, I guess if I were to say, it, it it's kind of hard to say. Like if I were to watch it, if it were me before I watched Akagi and Kaiji, I would probably go with the manga. But now that I have watched them and I rewatch this again, I go with the anime just because uh, I I feel like even though yeah the message was lost a bit on with with um how where what direction the anime went into the fact that you could tell that they really just loved akagi just shine through and that kind of i guess that kind of won me over okay i could see that but okay yeah i i think we can both agree uh both of them have their strengths but yeah okay you you like the anime i like the manga but at the end of the day, there's there's no real clear winner for this one. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's such a it's such a weird case. Yeah, it's it's just the fact that they just went with in a completely different direction with it. Yeah, that's that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this segment too, is because I I knew there were some chapters and, and anime episodes that were completely different from each other. Not 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 too often, but also with stuff like the Otsu murder mystery and like how that was handled in the anime. You know, there are cases like that where it's like, okay, I didn't exp- like when you're comparing the two uh, materials to each other. You're just kind of like, oh, I didn't expect this to go in this direction. Yeah, that, that I and then there are some where it's like, oh, I don't know if that chapter's been covered yet. Uh, which which one are you thinking of? The Nabe Nabelion. Yeah, actually, that that hasn't appeared in the manga yet. But I mean, okay. But I mean, we, so, we we've talked about it on the show before, though, so it's not really a spoiler. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't think that that doesn't come into the manga until like chapter one hundred. I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. I know it's after Benny Zakra. Yeah, that that sounds about right. That does. That's about right. And it's funny because they adapt it as episode twenty five of the anime. So. Yeah, and then, like, we covered the Masamune Bear chapter, which was, like, episode 70-something. Like, th- there there are a few there are a few chapters uh, that I think we're probably not going to get to, we're probably not going to get to cover for a while, just because some, some of the earlier episodes of the anime end up being, like, one of the more, um, being one of the, like, uh, chapters of the manga that don't come in until, like, near the, near the 100s. 
Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I know that Takamatsu, the anime, the first director was just kind of like he did that to kind of shake things up a bit. I mean, I I don't remember where I read it, but basically the animators were kind of like they drew Gintama in the sense of this could be canceled at any time. So we don't want to go out with any regrets. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's why, rather than unlike most anime and manga, where they adapt it exactly in the order how it appeared in the or the original material, they were just kind of like, you know, we want... I guess it was kind of like the animators had a round table and were like, oh, we want to do this one. We want to do this one. So if we get canceled, we want to definitely do this episode. Oh, no, if we get canceled, we definitely want to do that one. And then they just kept kind of going like that. And then eventually, you know, when it was clear that the show wasn't going to be canceled, that, or, well, really, more like... When it got towards the end of the first anime, where they were really close to the manga, then they started to have no choice but to adapt it in order. So, I mean, that's one thing I really liked about the early anime, was, like, Takamatsu was willing to play around with that a lot, with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think I think we've said our piece on whether, how much we like the anime over the manga and vice versa, so... Yeah. If you guys want to watch this episode of the anime and... You know, the rest of the Gintama anime, in case you haven't, I don't, if, I'd be surprised if you haven't. Uh, you can you can watch this episode and the rest of the series for, for free on Crunchyroll. Like, you can literally watch it all for free. Or or if you want, you can you can pay for a subscription to Crunchyroll. I believe that's like $6.95 a month. And you're able to, you know, watch all your favorite anime in HD and most of Gintama in HD too as well. You know, so, you know, like, they, they also pick up a lot of uh, different titles for, like, simulcasts and stuff, so if you if you, if you want to watch anime somewhere, go to Crunchyroll. That that, that should be their slogan. Yeah, really. That's if you want to watch anime somewhere, go to Crunchyroll. Yeah. You know, it's a, not food, but anime. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to spend that six, almost seven dollars on some, uh, uh, if you don't want to spend it on a meal at McDonald's, just go, go spend it on Crunchyroll. Yeah. But uh I, I think this episode you can also still buy on like volume four of the Sentai DVDs, which you can buy those either on Amazon or Write Stuff. I'll leave links to those in the show notes, um, for anyone interested in those. And then um as far as I know, I think Gintama is still airing on television through um Shorts TV. Did you know about this B? I think I heard of it, but I didn't think it was still a thing. Huh, um I mean yeah, I don't I don't know if I don't know if it's still airing on Shorts TV or not because I don't have the channel. But if it is, you should go and watch it if you have it. I mean, it's it's not dubbed. It's it's all subtitled, and they only, as far as I know, if it's even still airing, they only have like the first forty nine episodes. But hey, you could if if this episode's on TV and you have the channel, you can go watch it. Otherwise, you have to like order an extra package through like Directv or AT and T Uverse or something. That's really interesting. I I I had heard that Gintama's airing on TV, but I didn't think. Huh. Yeah, I mean, it's always the first forty nine. Yeah, like it's. I guess it's kind of neat, but like it's a channel that like y- you have to like again, like I say, you have to buy like an extra package for and stuff, and it's a bit of a hassle from what I hear. But anyway, so yeah, that, th- those are pretty much all the ways you can watch the anime, and um, I think we should just end the show.
and that's going to be the end of the show. Um, I think that was a pretty good episode. Yeah, I I enjoyed myself for the first time. He was gentle on me. <laughs> gentle. Well, I, sure, if you want to put it that way, sure. <laughs> I, I we gotta we gotta give our shippers something. I no, hey, trust me, buddy. It's people ship me and Josh. Like you're you're kind of you're kind of late on that. It, the ship has sailed on that. I mean, I guess I could have my own harem, but I mean, <gasps> Colton Coon. No, stop. I don't want to hear them. Unless it's, unless it's all girls, and I wouldn't mind that, but... <laughs> ah! Man. God. Uh, whatever. People are going to shit me and Josh no matter what, because we, we, <laughs> we, we talk to each other way too much on Twitter. And it's gotten it's gotten to the point where like people have told us, "Hey, man, I it's good it's a good thing I follow both of you guys, otherwise your interactions wouldn't be as funny. I'd, I'd be <laughs> I'd be missing out." <laughs> Jesus, like like I have texted Josh before, and he'll and he'll and he'll tweet out shit like, "Yes, Colton, I I hear my phone vibrating." <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, so um, I'm kind of surprised he followed me back when I followed him. Well, hey, I mean. I don't know. I think you're a fun guy to talk to on Twitter. I try to be. <laughs> yeah, that's usually my response to, hey, I try. Um, but hey, yeah, did uh I don't know. B, would you would you ever consider coming back to the show? Y- you didn't completely hate it, right? I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I I guess I'd have to just work out being so shy, but other than that, yeah, it's it was it was a lot of fun it was. Well, that's that's good. I'd um I'd like I would like to have you on again sometime this year. Um, <laughs> I only say that because I I release the show at a monthly rate. But um ah okay. <laughs> I used to do the show bi-weekly, and then I realized. I mean, I never wanted to do a weekly podcast, never, because I knew I would not have the time to edit a podcast every week, and I knew I would like tear my hair out and get sick of recording a podcast every week. But nowadays, it's just like, man, I don't want to edit a podcast every two weeks. I have to work. So, yeah, that's... I don't know. Like, I, I think I might have said somewhere, oh, I'll I'll get back to doing bi-weekly when I get a job and I get a routine started. But now I'm like, I get tired from work and I have a lot of other podcasts I got to do. I don't have to edit all of them, but, like, I still have to, like, schedule. I, I have some kind of recording going on at least every other week if not every week during a month. So, it, it's... I mean, I can schedule a recording time. That's not a problem. I always have time to record. I just I just don't always have the time to edit. But but anyway, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely planning on having B back again. So... Um, but I think next time, actually, I'm planning on having Doctor back again. Uh, he, he and I have been trying to work out an episode for a while. Because uh, next episode, we're going to be covering the... Um, the some Sadaharu stuff. Ooh, doggy stuff. It, yeah, doggy stuff. You could say doggy style, except I don't want to because that implies a whole other thing. Um, yeah, no, that's that's creepy. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's very that's very creepy. But no, it's essentially, I won't say too much. But because uh, I I don't know if we mentioned this when we covered the chapter, but I think it was in in Sadaharu's debut chapter where G mentions, "Oh, isn't this a, is it, isn't this an Inugami? Isn't this a dog god?" and uh, slight spoilers that gets kind of um, um, that gets touched upon in the next uh, next three chapter arc. It's gonna be one of those. And so next episode's probably gonna be like three hours. I'm just letting people know ahead of time. But yeah, so that's that's kind of what we're talking about next time. But you know, for now we we covered uh, we covered chapter seventy, the manga. Uh, Life without gambling is like 
sushi without wasabi. We covered that uh, life lesson in the uh, life lesson segment, and we had an anime manga comparison segment of episode 49, and that's essentially what we did for the episode. So, so B, thank you so much for coming on. I, I really enjoyed having you on. And thank you for having me on. It's, it was really fun. It was really fun. So we're, I'm, I'm going <clears> to... <throat> let's, let's, let's try to help cure your shyness a bit. Um, do you think you'd be comfortable enough with letting people know where they can find you? Uh, maybe, maybe maybe if they want to let you know, hey, I really liked listening to you on that one podcast. Uh, you can find me hanging out at uh, Kirobon1 on Twitter. So that's a thing that I have... I guess and if from there if I if I like if I if you have the same hobbies as me and we're compatible we can see where our relationship will go from there. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm serious. I seriously I'm mostly on Twitter nowadays. Now ever since I came out and told people I'm the Gintama translator because I made the Twitter to just basically stalk manga artists. <laughs> so and you know now I can actually say I'm a reputable member of society who has many stalkers and stalks other people <laughs> so but yeah twitter is mainly the best place to get in touch with me and i'd, I'd love to talk to more gintama fans there i'll try not to spoil i'll do my best i've learned my lesson now <laughs> uh what, a, what 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 about your plurk i know you used to uh plug that a lot over back on uh, yorizuya soul uh yes my plurk uh, it's bomber. You can find me at plurk.com slash bomber d roofy. So, and that's bomber as in bomber man, d as in the will of d, and roofy, but but spelled r u f i. So, yeah, go 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 follow follow go go follow this here guy. Um, god, I can't talk. You know, this is the end of the podcast now. I'm just losing all ability to talk. Um, go go follow this guy, and you know, uh, I, I I won't say you know, we we still want to support the official release of Gintama. So, um, with that in mind, I don't want to exactly be like, hey, you can go read this guy's translations here, here, and here. You know, they're they're around. You can find them. So, you know, with that being said, uh, I trust you guys to be able to find them if you're really interested in uh in reading those. Hell, you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you like Gintama and you know, all that stuff. You're probably reading them already anyway, so there yeah. you go. And, uh, you know, I, I know, I know, uh, Rufy, uh, I know he translates other manga here and there, so I'm sure you can find those as well. But anyway, yeah, so go go ahead and uh, find him on Twitter, find him on Plurk, and uh, tell him how much you like listening uh, to him on this podcast, because I, I would like to have him on again sometime. And I enjoy being back. And there you go. So... Now, as for me, if you want to follow me on Twitter, because, you know, I'm the host of this podcast, and uh, I, I, I like to think I'm a pretty pretty cool guy, or at least decent, you know, you can follow me at SniperKing323, that's S-N-I-P-E-R-K-I-N-G-323, and then if you also want to listen to some other podcasts I host, um, essentially, if you want to hear me talk about Toriko, um, there's the every once in a while podcast I record with my friends, uh, the Heavenly Kings podcast, that's heavenlykings.wordpress.com we gotta record an episode of that at some point um, and then there's uh, also One Podcast Prevails where I talk with my friend Doctor uh, host of Just a Kintama podcast and 
the Ask Backwards Anime Podcast about Detective Conan slash Case Closed. It's it's a lot like this show where we basically covering the Case Closed or Detective Conan manga from the very beginning through the Viz release, except the only difference is Detective Conan is still going for some reason. <laughs> I don't I don't know how Viz is still putting that out. I can't imagine Case Closed really makes all that much money back over here, but that's beside the point. I'm so I'm glad it's still being translated and whatnot. So go listen to that at onepodcastprevails.wordpress.com. But last but not least, if you want to hear me talk about manga, um, I do a. Uh, I mentioned it at the top of the show. I think I host a uh, a manga podcast on allcomic.com with my friend Sid, past guest on Life Lessons, about uh, all the manga that we read and uh, you know all the stuff happening in the manga industry, such as why Tokyo Ghoul is so damn popular and <laughs> all the live action adaptations rumored about different manga properties that just never seem to end. So you can go listen to that at allcomic.com. We record and release that every two weeks. So, so yeah, go ahead and listen to that. If you like manga and you want to hear my thoughts on more manga general stuff, but uh, as for the podcast as for life lessons, the podcast you're listening to right now you can visit our website at gintolifelessons.wordpress.com. You can also listen to us on Stitcher or the Stitcher Smart Radio app or on Player FM if you so choose. You can also follow us on Facebook.com, Twitter.com, and YouTube.com slash GintaMangaCast. That's G-I-N-T-A-M-A-N-G-A-C-A-S-T, GintaMangaCast. You can also email us anything about Gintama, the podcast, uh, how much you like or hate, uh, me having Rufy on, I hopefully hopefully like. I again, I want him to come back on. Uh, you know, you can email us anything Gintama related or whatnot at gintalifelessons at gmail or you can uh, occasionally leave us feedback whenever I put up a thread on the Gintama subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash gintama. But the most important thing, guys, is that you subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. I don't know if we'll ever appear in, I don't know, iTunes top 10 most noteworthy podcasts. I don't think that's a section on iTunes. Um, but, you know, doing all that on iTunes helps helps us get a little more, uh, get us a little more out there on iTunes. So, you know, I, you probably won't do it, but I'd appreciate it if you did. So I think that's about it for the podcast. This was, this was an episode. I enjoyed it and I hope everyone else does too. So uh, this has been episode 48 of Life Lessons in Gintama Manga Cast, and we will see you next time for episode 49. Sayonara, bye guys. This is the life lesson segment for lesson 70. Life without wasabi. Fuck. I fucked that up. Okay. <laughs> I'll start that again. I was going to say life without wasabi something something, but then I'm like, hey, I mean, life without wasabi, that would have. I, I wouldn't mind either way. I don't, I don't like wasabi. I fucking hate it. It's the worst <laughs> thing in the, in the universe. I hate spicy food. Um, okay, let's start the segment again. Uh, this has been episode 48 of Life Lessons in Gintama Manga Cast, and we will see you next time for episode 49. Sayonara, bye guys. 
you, you, you should say bye. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't sure. Okay, uh, so long. See you, Space Cowboys. <laughs> Good, nailed it. Great, love it. <laughs> I'm keeping that. Okay. Uh... 